seven days a week, 24 hours a day, live, radio contact. Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Pax and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join me the show this week as ever. We have Paul Whiteside, right Paul? Hey Rob, and we're in the same room as well mate, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, happy to be here mate, happy to be here. Looking forward to an action packed show. Yeah, obviously celebrating the fact that Salford Red Devils have made the grand final Old Trafford. They will face St Helens on Saturday, Paul. What, what an amazing experience for everybody. Yeah, I still want to talk it in really, Rob. It's, um, still, I think I'm still in a bit of shock. <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean, I know we got to the semi-final and I didn't really like imagine us winning the semi-final. So, uh, so no, we're in a bit of shock this week, but I'm loving it. I'm loving all the build-up and that. And we've just had Paul King in the studio with us, haven't we, on, on Salford City Radio as well, which was, was great. Paul's a lovely gentleman. Uh, so, so yeah, looking forward to, to talking about this show and building up this, this magic to, to Saturday. How was your semi-final day? Obviously, we're going to talk about the match. We're going to talk about the match uh, in a bit. But obviously, looking back at the day of your the, the semi-final, was it a good day? Did you get lots of things done, or were you just sort of nervous about the match? Um, well, luckily enough, um, at work, let me finish at dinner time. So I finished work at half past 12. I was only with Presswich, so I, I went home, and um, then my dad came round to our house with my mum and, and, and my sister, and I gave them a lift to the match. So we got to Wigan pretty early, because my dad's still in a bit of a bad way with his knee. So uh, he's doing all right, though, now. He's just getting him in and out of the car, sort of folding him in half, because you, you can't bend your legs, so it's quite difficult. But we got down there quite early, went into the uh, Costa Coffee, bumped into Gemma and Gary Carter in there, and had a chat, and a few other Salford supporters as well, and... Uh, the video ref came in, Robert Higgs as well. My dad were going to trip him up with his crutches. <laughs> but um, no, so uh, he's a nice nice guy. So yeah, that, that was it. And then we got to the stadium quite early and uh, then the, the match was just tremendous. I mean, I come up to see you. I sat in the north stand. I come to see you before the game, didn't I, in the, in the press box. And um, I stood down at the bottom as I was walking back to the, 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 the north stand. And just before the, the when the players came out for the warm-up, it was absolutely rammed and the noise that the supporters made. I, was, I wasn't in tears, but... I felt myself welling up a bit looking at the supporters and the, the 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 songs they were chanting. It was it was absolutely an amazing atmosphere, Rob. It really was. Yeah, it was it was a, a amazing um, experience, Paul. You know, being in the semi final, uh, my day, uh, semi final day uh, was a bit yin and yang. It was like a lot of lot of bad things happened to me, but ultimately we ended up winning the final, winning the semi final, which is which is because well, I'll just talk you through my day and you can you can have a bit of a laugh at me. Uh, started on Thursday. Um, went to pick our trophies up from the from the trophy place. Um, went down, picked them up. I'd look at the the little um, you know the 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 plaque on the side of the trophy. One of them, and it said, uh, "Player A," because we don't want to give the the game away who, who who actually won until next week. It said, "Abs of the Year Award." And I looked at the guy, and he looked at me, and I was like, "Abs of the Year," and he was like, "Is that not right?" And I went, "I run a rugby league podcast. How can it be Abs of the Year?" So we changed it, eventually, to the correct one, which was Listener's uh, Player of the Year. And then they went to, I went 
with my wife to um, a school, Paul Trainer's school, one of our uh, directors. He's at the Manchester Health Academy. So, obviously, my son is going to go to school, high school in the next couple of years. So, we have to uh, sort of go and have a look around these schools. And, you know, it's a very good school. Spoke to Paul. Spoke to Paul. He was sort of giddy as a, giddy as a kipper in, in, the, in, the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the hallway. You know, really excited about the match. Um, so, I went home then, obviously, uh, put my son to bed. Decided to do some videos, you know, like the videos that we've done uh, through the week. Um, so, I did that. Got to about 2 o'clock in the morning. Thought to myself, a bit late this. Need to go to bed because I need to get up early to make sure I get to work early so I can leave early. So set me alarm for, for for half six. I thought, get up half six, get to work for half seven, leave at half three. That was the plan. Woke up Friday, slept through my alarm, woke up at ten past eight. Panicked, thought, oh, oh lordy, get, better get on my toes. So I ran down the stairs, got changed quick, ran out the house, stood my toe on the door as I ran out the house. That was the start, that was the start of my spiral. Right, jumped in the car, it was wall to wall traffic all the way from Sale to Old Sale to to Salford Keys. Obviously, rubbish day at work. People shout at me all day. That's what they do, right? Got out late because I got stuck on a call, and then had to come home. Right? Just tried to get home for three. Got home at half three. One of um, Kate's mates called Kirsty, who's a new fan to to, to Salford Devils, came to came with us to the uh, awards evening. On the Sunday, really enjoyed it. Thought I'd make a big play and say, "Come, come watch the semi-final with us." Because she's a Sale fan, really. But I'm just trying to sort of cleanse her. Really, that's that's the up and down. So um, she said, "Right, I'll get to your house for for half free." So I thought they'd be there when I got there. Turns out they weren't. So we waited. Half free came and went because I was going to meet you at four o'clock, weren't I? In the in the in the thing. Half free came to four. Four came to half four. Started to twitch a bit because I thought I need to get in Wigan. So she turns up with the kids in her in her in her B and W car. So I thought, right, happy days. Everyone jumped in. No, she jumped in her car. We jumped in our car, and we drove down uh, to Wigan on the uh, on the M60. Found a bit of space. Engine, you know, engine was going fantastic, making good time. Right. All of a sudden, she puts her hazard lights on, pulls off at you know Boothtown Walkden Junction. I'm thinking, what's going on here? So pull off, follow her off the junction, pull off at the, you know, the retail park. So she's in there. So we'll pull over and say, what's the matter? So my, my, my engine lamp, my engine warning lights come on. Feels a bit sluggish. She looked distraught, to be fair, because it's, it's like an old car, you see. It's having three kids. It's a lot of money if you need to fix your car. So I said, well, jump in. Does it still work? So he says, yeah, right. So t- turn the car on. And what we'll do, we'll just ditch it in, a, in one of the streets nearby. Everyone jump in my car and we'll go. So that's fine. So I said, right. So we drove to we drove at the roundabout, turned left onto Salford Road, which was a sign. Through the lights, found the found the first sort of street that was you know look, that looked you know like the car wasn't going to get stolen. Ditched the car, jumped in my car, and we have extra seats in the, my boot, you know for, for for people who you know for my emergencies like this really, Paul. So what we did, we basically emptied my car, right, and put everything in the car, and then we got in my car and we drove off. Right, so I was there. Obviously, we got to we got to um, to Wigan in good time. Everyone piles out the car. Right, I'm thinking, getting all my gear out. Got the laptop out, got the tripod out. Thought, where's the trophies? I left the trophy. I put the trophies in her boot of the car. I know. So I thought we have to win tonight because if if they don't win tonight, I can't give a, I can't give player A and player B a trophy. Say congratulations, but not give them a trophy. 
You know what I mean? So, went to McDonald's, had something to eat. Bit of family time before the big game, right? So, obviously, I went into the press box, set me a, set me equipment up, right? All going well. First 20 minutes, it's all for the leading. All good. Suddenly, laptop turns itself off. My heart skipped, my heart sank because I thought, I've been doing this for three years. Never has anything happened like this in my entire life. In the, in the big game, exactly, Paul. So I thought, what I'll do is, I'll just do it on my, I'll do it on my phone and sort of turn, the, turn the laptop on again, see what happens, right? So got my phone out quick, missed about a minute of it, like a set after I was thinking what was going on, right? Turned it back on. Comes back on, laptop, right? When, you, when you're using a laptop or using computers, what's, what's the two words that strikes fear into, you, into your heart? <laughs> it was Windows Update. And I... Yes, so I'm thinking, oh, no. So I'm sat there, thought, these Windows updates can take 20 minutes, can't they? Easy. So I got, basically, it did take 25 minutes, to be fair. Got to half-time on my phone. Salford's still winning, which which was a relief, right? And from half-time onwards, right, my world kind of flipped, at that point, I started getting good then. I started getting good stuff happened to me. So, obviously, we all know what happened in the second half. Salford win. I get a bit teary on the old microphone. Pack me, pack all my gear up at the end um, of the of the commentary. And there's only me there in the in the commentary box because everyone's sort of left and gone to the uh, you know the uh, the press box. So obviously, I make my way down there. Don't see a soul. Right and as I come down, like you know where the press box was, I was walking into the press room while Joe, the media manager, was walking out. And we just looked at each other, sort of fixed eyes on each other and just laughed. And it was a beautiful moment. It was a beautiful moment because I thought he's, he's my, he was the first Salford representative that I'd seen as in fan or player or anybody. And I just thought, oh, that, I thought that was a really nice moment, really. For me, obviously. So obviously then sort of set up the camera, set up the, uh, the tripod and that. And then in the press box, it backs onto the Salford changing room. So obviously the players are all Singing and that, and, and doing the victory song in in the in the in the uh, the changing room, and everyone in the press box just sort of falls silent and listens, which I thought was another beautiful moment, really. Um, and obviously they, they stop singing eventually, and then the Salford uh, sort of representatives like Emma and Kari and Joe all kind of filtered in, kind of all looking a bit teary eyed because uh, they've been in the room, haven't they, with with them? Um, and obviously then we spoke, you know, Ian Watson. Was there when it we we spoke you know we spoke to Ian Watson then we we spoke to a few players didn't we after the game, um, which was really good obviously because we've been on a journey the players been on a journey but we've been you know doing this podcast for for, for a while now and to, to reach the, the grand final was like you know especially to share it with yourself in, in behind the scenes because we're doing Salford a bit differently now aren't we Let, let's be, let's be honest uh, so it, it's kind of you know it was a it was a nice sort of moment for you to be there and me to be there and Tom Bradwell was there as well he was nearly the MEN Bradwell sorry the MEN uh, you know, reporter. You know, he does a fantastic job. He was he was there as well while we were talking about Salford. So obviously interviewed the players, and then around my wife said, um, "Right, I'm coming out now." So we'll come out of the come out of the um, you know the uh, the main entrance. Deserted, no one there. Right. So I ring. I say, "Where are you?" I says, "I'm in the car." So remember last week where that that uh, the the com- the guy comes to try and lock us in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We was late. Oh, yeah, yeah. Were. So I set off. Basically, I thought well, it's late. I better get, better get running. So I set off. And I thought 
I thought it must have been the adrenaline because I thought I could have made it. But I got halfway to like the soccer dome, started to blow, started to gas by the, got, by the time I got there. So as I sort of climbed the hill a little, a little to get in the car park, they're in the car. So they come bolt, they bolt out the car, all of them. And we're, I'm sort of running towards the car. And we have like a little disco in the uh, in in the car park. Another beautiful scene. Just a, it was like it was, it was like seven of us. It was the car park was empty apart from us. So that was another beautiful moment because it was like you know, my family there, you know, celebrating a, a my first, well, their first semi final, grand final, and my first semi final, grand final, and obviously me being the press box, then being the stand, first time I'd seen them. So we all jumped back in the car, and we all drove then. Um, all the way back to where we dropped the car in, in Boothtown, Wharton area, right? So, obviously, Kirsty jumps out the car, tries the car, car starts. She says to me, I don't know what I'm going to do. We'll drive home, but I don't want to go on the motorway. I'll go the long way around. So, I was looking at her thinking, all right, that's fine. So, we started driving. So, we went, we went Wharton, Swinton, Salford, Trafford, Sale, Wivenshaw, and then... It's style. Took us about an hour to get home, which was a long time, you know what I mean, chugging. But we got there. All the kids were asleep in the back. So she got out of the car, took her kids with her, right? So my Rory was in the back, in the boot of the car because basically he doesn't get to sleep in. He doesn't get to sit in the boot very often because we don't have that many people in the car. That's basically the banana of it. So he's asleep in the car, in the boot. in the On seats, but in the boot area, right? So we obviously we drive home at that point, park up outside my house. Uh, obviously lift the boot up, pick him, because he's gone, he's asleep, right? So I, I carry him out of, the, uh, out of the, the boot, carry him upstairs, lay him in the bed, right? So as I lay him in the bed, he kind of, you know, half wakes up, yeah. like, you know, kids do. And he sort of turned over his shoulder, turned, sort of looked at me over his shoulder, he said, he said Daddy, I went, yeah, he said, did we, did we make, did we, we're still in the grand final, aren't we? And I said, I said, yes, son. And he went, okay, Dad, talk, turned, sort of rolled over and went to sleep. And, so, and I was like, I was like, that was another beautiful moment. I was like, wow. Went downstairs, bowled my eyes out then for like 10 minutes. But that was, that was you know, a proper yin and yang story for me. Not, it's not very funny. I don't expect you to laugh at any of it. This is true. But it was, it was, it was like a, I just think when with semi-finals and, and finals, there's always a story behind, behind, every, behind everything, isn't there? And, uh, and that was mine. Yeah, I think you've got to, got to cherish um, these sort of times, haven't you? When they, when they come along. And no, it's a beautiful story that. Robbie, you've got me... You really calm me down there now. Yeah, it's like I need a cup of tea now and a <laughs> cigarette just to sit back now put my feet up. But no, great story, great story. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a special, it's, I think it's a memory that you, you're going to remember that game, is it, for, for a long time. You know, speaking to my dad in the week, he said that that's probably one of the best games that you've seen watching Salford. And that's a big statement to me. You know, he'd been going 51 years last week. His first game was Wigan. So it, and we lost that game in, in 1968. So... It was a, a massive statement to, to make that, and um, you know I I can agree. It was it was a tremendous match. It really was. And we obviously, we'll probably talk about that shortly. But it wasn't just the match. It was the whole sort of atmosphere and to be part of that. And you know the the dark times that we've had watching Solve and just this sort of I said it the other week. Don't know about this, this sort of beacon of hope now. And um, you know the, the the possibilities are like endless, aren't they? You know where where this this could go. This this story could grow arms and legs now, couldn't it? And uh, no, it's uh, exciting. It's, it's not the beacon isn't hope it's belief because yeah. I think yeah. when when you when you when you if you believe like there's a lot a lot of players and a lot of sort of Salford sort of staff that the, the, we spoke to Paul King didn't we today on, on Salford City Radio and he was talking about belief and how and how everyone's kind of been whipped up into this uh, sort of uh, tsunami of en- en- enthusiasm and, and delight and happiness and 
you know, it's, it's a catching, it's Gilly is catching. And I think, you know, we talk, we're going to talk about ticket sales in a bit. And it seems like the whole city have, have suddenly kind of like awoken to the fact that we exist. And I think it could be the sort of our second coming. It feels a bit like sort of the 98 Challenge Cup semi-final for me, where the whole city was there. Hopefully it won't end like that because we don't want to go back to square one, do we? We won the semi-final, didn't we? Yeah. You know, we're, we're there. We're there in the final in 1998. We didn't. We got beat, didn't we, off Sheffield, and that was that was the end of the, the bubble burst. Now we're actually in that big final, and that's what we've been crying out for. This is when you sell you sell shirts. Sorry, get my words out. You sell shirts. Everyone gets on the sort of the bandwagon for want of a better word, don't they? I mean, the amount of tickets we've sold, you never in your wildest dreams sort of imagine all them people to turn up at the AJ Bell. But there's a possibility they might do now if we go and, even if we don't win, but if we go and beat St. Helens, you know, we're, we're the champions, Rob. We get a cracker then at the at Sydney Roosters in the World Club. It's so exciting. It really is exciting. It's, it's such an exciting time to be a, a Salford Devils fan, uh, Paul. There's loads of going on in this week's podcast. Uh, we've got all the obviously the reaction uh, to, to the Wigan uh, victory uh, in the semi final. Uh, we've got interviews with Joey Lucid, Gil Dudson, and uh, Chris Wellham. Uh, we've got. Uh, uh, we've got Ian Watson in coach's corner. We've got your amateur report. And then we're going to look forward to the, the big game against uh, St. Helens uh, on Saturday night at Old Trafford. Such a wonderful occasion. I'm so really, really looking forward to it. So am I, mate. So am I. <laughs> so what we'll do, we'll, we'll start off uh, with the, uh, the semi-final win uh, against Wigan. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, let's start with a victory uh, against Wigan in the semi-final. Uh, Salford were victorious. It finished Wigan for Salford 28. Here's the highlights uh, of the game. It's uh, Tompkins, dummies, finds half a gap. Wigan's defence alert, brings the man down. 30 metres from the Wigan line. Hastings drop off ball to Jones. Skips past one defender. Comes back into the field. Dummies again looking for runners but decides to make the tackle. Eight metres out. It's going to be inside ball to Tyrone McCarthy to Gil Dudson. Gil Dudson scores the Salford Red Devils under the post. The Salford fans erupt behind the goal. And Salford Red Devils lead here at the DW Stadium it's Wigan Warriors nil Salford Red Devils 8 with a kick to come the Salford Farte it's Chris Wellen he skips past one man cackled on halfway it's Joey Lusick he gives it to Ken Seal Ken Seal full of running for Salford gets to uh, within 40 of the Wigan line, it's Walker. He's wrapped up by three Wigan defenders. It's Lusick, it's Hastings, he's gone on the inside. There's a space for Jones to run into it. He attacks, he's sort of zigzagging towards the line. He's five metres out. The roar goes up from behind the crowd. It's Lusick at the play of the ball. Fifth tackle play, Lusick dives, and Lusick scores! Joey Lusick crashes over by the post for Salford Red Devils. The referee's gone to the video referee, but he signalled a try. Joey Lusick, trademark scoot from dummy half, sends the Salford fans behind the goal into dreamland. Joey Lusick, 
skipping from dummy half. It's Wellham. It's Lola here to, to Mark Flanagan. Flanagan straightens up. Centre field. 10 metres out. It's going to be Lucy going to play the ball. Lucy scoops from dummy half. Gives it to Dudson. He sees the line. He's reaching. He scores by Lee Bossom. Catches the ball. And crashes over for Salford. The crowd go bananas behind the goal. Can Salford finally start dreaming of Old Trafford? And what a try by Lee Bossett. A wonderful offload by Gil Dudson. And Salford are in dreamland. It's Wigan Warriors nil. Salford at Devils 24. It's a fairy tale. A fairy tale written in the stars for Salford Red Devils a team that was tipped to finish second bottom have gone on an unbelievable journey this season both on and off the field everybody has, is believing they're starting to believe that this club is going places what can you say with a minute and 20 as a fan who's watched Salford all these years to be going to Old Trafford is an absolute dream and you can't even begin to realise what it means to fans out there I mean we were there in the dark days and now these are the good days I can't quite believe it my team at Old Trafford Hastings who gives it to Evels and Evels has found a bit of space and he comes forward for Salford it's Inu at the play of the ball. It's Inu to Hastings. It's Wellham. Ian Watson's men are on their way to Old Trafford. A dream for many. Fairy tales do come true. They've got one leg to go. There's Old Trafford left. They're looking over a drop goal here. No, Lucy, Lucy, Scoots, and dummy half. And he's brought down five metres out. Where's Hastings? And there it is, full time. Salford are Old Trafford bound. The fans, the Salford players sink to the knees. It's a wonderful moment for all Salford fans. They have made it to Old Trafford. An unbelievable night for Salford Red Devils. It all started with two penalty kicks from Christian Inu. And then a wonderful try by Gil Dudson. A lovely work by Lola here to send the big forward over. A penalty by Christian Inu just before half-time made it 12 points to no. But then in the second half, Salford stood firm. A wonderful try by Joey Lusick. Ed Salford further. A penalty by Inu. And then a try by Lee Mossop. A lovely ball by Gil Dudson. And the big forward crashed over. Wigan, Wigan were beaten at that point. Another Inu penalty after that. And a consolation try by Ben French. Means that Salford Red Devils are off to Old Trafford. A wonderful night for all, all concerned at Salford. The players, the fans, the officials, everybody has believed this was coming.
and it has so roll on Old Trafford next week and Salford Red Devils will take on St Helens so full time here at the DW Stadium it's Wigan Warriors for Salford Red Devils 28 Corner. Right, Ian Watson joins me. I'm absolutely delighted. I bet you are as well. I know you'll yeah. be very professional. I just overheard you before watching. Said you're watching a video of the Wigan game this yeah. morning. But that, that, I think that sums you up as a person. Yeah, uh, the coach you are. You just want to make sure you the, the information's right for the players. The, the players just need to focus on rugby. It's, it's probably coaches who worry about all the all the little things and analysing stuff over and over again. But for us, it's just making sure that the plan's clear. How much have you had to put into this stuff, you and the players? I mean, it's not not like a fluke this, it's something that's gone on for sort of 12, 18 months of hard work, you've rebuilt this side. To see it all come to fruition tonight and not just beat Wigan, but to absolutely, absolutely do a demolition job on them, yeah. must have been so proud. Yeah, massively proud of them and like I said, we, we've got one more game to go now and the ultimate kind of goal for us is obviously to win that against St Helens now. Um, we've done a great job here, we've learned from every single game that we've played against Wigan to come up here and then do that to him. I'd love to have got the nil, um, but you, you take the 28-4 in a, in a grand final, um, semi-final. Um, but for us now, what we need to do is probably just relax this weekend, chill out, look forward to kind of Monday, get back to training, and then really attack St. Helens now. It was a whirlwind start to the game. Was that what you wanted there? You kicked it, I think it's eight penalty goals, sorry, eight goals out of eight there from Christian. Yeah. Was that the start you wanted there? Because you seem to catch Wigan on the front. On the yeah, we, we spoke about starting really stronger. They looked like they'd gone big up front. They, they looked like they'd gone big up front. Um, with obviously all Lachlan, Benny Flower, and starting with young Partington. Um, so we knew how we'd start really well, but then our bench had to come on and have some real kind of energy and enthusiasm, right? Because that's what young Smith is and burn people like that bring to Wigan as well. So we, need, we knew we needed to win our individual battles tonight. Defence as well for your players tonight was absolutely outstanding yep. at times. Did your players learn a lot of lessons from the game two weeks ago? Because they looked like it. 100% they did. 100%. Um, that was probably one of the most telling ones in learning proper playoff football and mentality football and something we've discussed over the last few weeks. Um, we got into the playoffs um, a couple of years ago, um, finished fourth, and we only won, won one game in there, but that was because our team was pretty broken at that point. There was um, about like, 10 players missing from the team, and the guys who were playing were only young. I think our starting pack was Adam Wall and Olsen. Um, and they didn't have the, the know-how to manage a game in that kind of environment, in a playoff football environment as well. But this group, of we've spoke about that for a fair number of weeks now, and this group have nailed it. Looking at the team tonight, it was as if you played playoff football for the last sort of ten years. It, you look like the, the champions tonight, playing against a team that has just got into the playoffs. You know, the, the sort of um, the compactness of your side, the, the way you were solid. There was, there didn't seem to be any nerves there. We, 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 me and Glee sat down at the beginning of the year and really assessed kind of our group um, as a whole. And we've practiced stuff in pre-season that would lead into this, and then even when we played Leeds. A bit ago we spoke about playoff football mentality going into that game and we've used them games and the Hulk R game was perfect for us in kind of nipping and talking, the drop goal in the last minute to come out the other side and it all just builds that belief that do the right things and you'll win games and we train a certain way to mirror being in playoff football. How did you feel as a Salford coach tonight when your side came out and saw 
the supporters in that north stand there and they were singing your name that must make, make you feel <laughs> sort of 10 feet tall yeah it's outstanding it lifts the players there's, there's little bits in the games where you look back and there was one where George Griffin turned out and George Williams got him on the inside shoulder and Adam Walker chased him across and actually tackled him made the tackle that's because of little things like the crowd getting behind them and the support. The, the players, well, they don't, well, they work really hard to not let each other down. They wouldn't have wanted to let the crowd down there as well tonight. So that was outstanding support. Do you think it was the intense level that you played at that forced so many mistakes yeah. from Wigan? I mean, they passed the ball out into touch a couple of times. They kicked out on the full. Yeah. You were just like really doggy tonight, weren't you? You just wouldn't let them settle at all in the game. Yeah. Well, I thought it was, out, was outstanding. Like I said, we learnt massively after playing them the other week here what it truly takes. There was, there was things in that game that people like all Lachlan did and um, some of them Tommy Lulai did in that game where they kind of mirrored little bits of playoff football and showing you what you should have done in certain times of the game and um, we, we reviewed them and we shown them to the players and then the players obviously bought into it and they did it against Castleford had a little blip um, at some point in the Castle game but tonight we were bang on it mate how will preparations be this week does everything stay the same now is it just another game for you yeah stay exactly the same um, the players just need to to know their role know what they need to do and just go about business as usual when you start trying to change things up and make it bigger than what it, what it is which it, it's going to be big anyway we don't need to kind of over egg this one it just needs to be a level level kind of playing field level headed with it and just um, like I say attack it how we have done tonight how does Ian Watson spend his Saturday then do you watch videos of St. Helens tomorrow <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you having a nice relaxing yeah, day watch um, this game back potentially um, maybe move straight on to Saints with it being such a such a big game but there were bits out of here that we can pick out of this game that we can put in towards the Saints one as well so it'll be to do the right thing as we've normally done which is to review this one and then to move forward on to Saints I think it's refreshing to hear you're going to this grand final to win you know a lot of people in the media might be thinking oh great so often I've got to a final but to get to the final is nothing you want to go and win it yeah, yeah. Saints will probably look at us and say oh their final was today um, they just made up with being there that's the message will be pretty clear on Monday when we speak as a group that we're not just here to make the numbers up. For me as a supporter, it's still not quite sunk in yet. I think it might do over the weekend. But thanks very much for speaking to me tonight. Ian. Hopefully, I'll get the chance to speak to a winning grand final coach next week. Thanks very much, mate. So, Salford Devils in grand final, uh, Paul at Old Trafford. As you can tell by my commentary, it kind of got very, very emotional at the end. Yeah, great commentary. It really was spine tingling. I mean. The, the roar that went up when um, Lee Mossop crashed over. I've never heard anything like that yeah. watching Salford. It was it was absolutely amazing. To, to, to I was in that, that stand. I mean, obviously, you could see it from where you were, probably a bit better than me from where I was sat, but the noise was absolutely tremendous. And the, the, the game, as I said, it, it was a fantastic performance from us. You know, from minute one, we, we came out and we, we wanted that, I thought, more than Wigan. I watched the Super League show the other day and they interviewed uh, Sean O'Loughlin and Lee Mossop before the game. And... Mossop stands there, he stands proud and tall and where Sean O'Loughlin sort of gibbering his words and looks really nervous. We wanted that match, I think. I, th I think we'd beat Wigan before the ball was kicked, Rob. I really do. I think we just we just played the right game, took our chances and there's no way we was ever going to lose it. Even at 12 mil, you sort of, oh, we're still not a bit sure do we need another score. But I was really confident in that second half. That I couldn't see, see Wigan getting over the line. I thought we was absolutely fantastic. I thought the try they got was, was rather fortunate, really. My levels had come up into the line. But, no, a great first half. We really built the, the foundations in that first half. And I've never seen a Salford side dismantle a Wigan team like that, especially the champions as well. On their own pitch, great, great display. Yeah. Uh, Salford's lineup uh, was as follows: Niall Evers at fullback, Ken Seal, Chris Wellham, Jake Bibby, Christian Inu, Jackson Hastings, Tui Lola here, 
Uh, Lee Mossup, Logan Tompkins, Gil Dudson, Josh Jones, George Griffin, Tyrone McCarthy on the bench, Joey Lusick, Mark Fanagan, Adam Walker and Greg Burke. Uh, but like you said, you know, everybody put in an absolute shift. And I've spoke to, we've, we've spoke, haven't we, previously on this podcast. And I said, have they got the juice to go another level, another level, another level on top? And it seems like they have. I, I was doubting it. I, I admit to that, that obviously we aren't used to this playoff football, um, but these players seem to have found something uh, to, to, to raise the game. And, you know, going into this uh, this game against Wigan, you know, they came off a defeat against uh, St. Helens the week before and they they did, they did looked out of sorts to me. And we beat Castleford and we, and we looked spot on. We looked, you know, like we had fire in our belly. And that's, that's probably the perfect way to go into this kind of semi-final for us because we were we were focused the, the players you know were up for it and it's and it's a fantastic thing because obviously previous Salford sides of, of the past you know you've always worried you've always wondered have they got it in the tank but this one that's got us to Old Trafford has it in spades doesn't it that's right. It's all about the team. There's probably players in I know aside without disrespecting them who, you know, might not have long left in their careers and might not get a chance like this again. And I think that's why they're taking this opportunity with both hands and that's why they well, that's why they want they, they, they want this more than anything. And they're a special group of players, aren't they? And I think sometimes it's been there's been loads of quotes, hasn't there, about teams coming along together. And i I don't think I've ever seen a Salford team like this one before, it's got the spirit that this team's got. They will run through literally a brick wall for each other, won't they? You look at Mossop and, and Dudson on, on Friday night. Absolutely unstoppable, the work that they were doing. Likes of Chris Wellham. You know, Chris Wellham, you know, he openly admit he's not the greatest player in the world, but for us, I think he's been absolutely tremendous this season. And I thought he was unlucky not to, to make that a dream team. Guys like Kristen Inu, you know, wasn't wanted by, by well, he sort of came out of the witness because of the, the situation they were in, but he's come to Salford and He's been absolutely amazing. Eight kicks from eight on on on, on Friday night. And would any other of the sides looked at him? Probably not. Gil Dudson. Did anybody else want him? No. Greg Burke. The the guys that I won't say they were misfits. I know there was something in the paper a headline saying about misfits. I don't think they are. I think that's a disservice to them. That I think we've got some probably not the most fashionable players in the world. But then you've got one or two like Jackson Hastings who can put that belief into them. I think he, he gives them an extra 10%, extra 20% to say, come on, lads, you are good enough to do this. And I think that's what he's done all season. And then you've got a bit of a genius with Lola here as well, who's another quality player who's come in. You've got like Josh Jones, who is a fantastic player. And we've got a lovely sort of sprinkling of sort of youth experience. And, you know, we've got, we've got lads who have played in grand finals before, but it's a team. It's a team that works. It's sort of a, a marriage that works, if you like, a rugby league marriage that works. And, um, you know, it, it's been amazing this season. It really has been amazing. Yeah, so I, I agree with you there, Paul. I, I don't agree with Misfits. This team and this, this club is an opportunity club. And the, these players that were kind of rejected by other clubs knew they had the belief in them that they were good enough to play in Super League. And we had the belief in them that they were good enough as well. So together we've we've managed to to create this beautiful moment where Salford possibly well will turn out at Old Trafford on 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 Saturday and you know beyond our wildest dreams we'll say but the players they're a squad they're around the 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 place week in week out day in day out there's a, there's a belief there and there has been a belief from day one that they were good enough to get to Old Trafford and they have surprised many it has to be said but. 
they don't look like they're running out of juice anytime soon, Paul. When there's no fear, there's no fear and no anxiety, everybody grows. And that's what's happening at Salford Devils at the moment. The team, the fans, the officials, the players, everybody is up, is up on this journey where we are going. And it's a wonderful moment for everybody. Yeah, I've heard people say in the past that, you know, you know, endeavour and spirit will only get you so far. But perhaps I'm changing my, my thoughts on that now because, you know, we, we've got a bit of quality in there as well. But I think if you want something bad enough and you put as much effort as you can into that, I think you will get there because you've only got to look at the body language of the players. They wanted to win more than Wigan, as I said before. I don't want to repeat myself, but they want it. They really, the hunger's there. Perhaps some of those Wigan players have been in that situation before and they're not... I don't want to say they're not—they're not really bothered, but these this this group of players want it, and the, I mean, it's the same with St. Helens. They might have players who played in so many grand finals before, and perhaps they're looking at us thinking we're going to be the easy option. But no, it's it is. It, I think momentum's a, a big thing, and you've got this this support behind us now. Everyone's the, the feel good factor around the club. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this being a solvent sport. I, mean, I know I go on about the nineties and say it was good. We had some good times under Greg and things like that. But this team now. And what we've got now, don't think I've ever experienced this because it is it, like we can do anything. The players are like, we've got this attitude. We can do what we want. We can do anything. We can get to that final and we can win it. And I'm not frightened of St. Helens. I'm not, I'm not frightened of them at all. I think we, we, we've got the players to cause them problems. And I think if you're a St. Helens supporter or, or Justin Albrook, I think you wanted Wigan to win that game because I think they could have beat Wigan easy in the final. They've got it mentally over them. Now they're going into an unknown against us. We're, we're a dangerous opposition for them. And I think they'll be thinking, blimey, look at the way Salford beat Wigan. People going about Saints the week before, demolishing Wigan 40 points to 10. What were we, 28-4? That was in Wigan's backyard. So it's equally as, as a good a result. And, you know, I thought we, we, we showed Wigan up, really, for, for, you know, what they put in. They got out of that game what they put into it. I know people said they didn't play very well. They only played as well as we let them. We didn't let them start at all. We come out for a minute one, and we absolutely pummeled them. Obviously, like you said, unknown quantity. That's what it is. And it's not the players and the fans. It's, it's a, like they say, the belief is there and it's growing. And you don't stop stewing armies. That's that's the bottom line. You can feel it. Everybody's, in, it's in them. It's in their eyes. I was speaking to uh, Joey Lussick. Um, and you could see, you could look into his eyes, you could tell. He could tell he, he was burning inside them eyes and he knew. And I was like, he's got he's got the most scariest stare in the world, anyway. To be fair, so I was backing off a bit. But you know, you, you can you can tell that the players want this. They want this more than anything. And and it's as a as a as a supporter that that fills me with pride and it filled me with hope. Well, not hope, it fills me with belief that you know this team will go all the way and win. And that, and that's what obviously as a soul fan we've been dreaming of. And it's going to obviously kickstart our, our club it could you know it could be the, the next big thing for the next five years if we win if we manage to to get over settlements at uh, Old Trafford he certainly could and like you said there about the players I think Ian Watson is probably the most sort of driven person at the club I mean when he came out of the press conference on Friday night I was waiting outside for him to get in a queue because everybody, everybody else wanted to speak to him and uh, so we let all the BBC people and, and whatever you go first and yeah, I looked in his eyes when I was speaking to him and he wasn't laughing, he wasn't joking and going patting people on the back and cheering and going on the beer all weekend. The first thing he said was, I'm watching Wigan tonight when I get home. 
And he said, tomorrow I'm going to watch some videos of St. Helens. I'm going to be studying that because we're not going there to make numbers up. He's not happy just to get to the grand final. And, you know, I've done a great job this season. I've took Salford from near the bottom to the top. He wants to be a winner and win that grand final. And, you know, that's that's credit to him. That's that's the person that he is. And, you know, it's not that long ago people were questioning what. And people told me, oh, put Martin Gleeson in charge. You know, what will took us as far as he can. And he just shows you. You know, you need to believe sometimes, and I have a belief in him all the way, and I know, I know you have, and, and other people have as well, and done a marvellous job, and I think he was unlucky not to get coach of the year, we'll probably talk about that afterwards in the news, but don't think he'll be bothered about that. I don't think Watto was one for personal accolades. He he just wants what's best for the team, doesn't he? And I think he will be coach of the year if we, if we pull this off on the, on Saturday. Obviously, looking back at the game, uh, Paul, two Christian Inu penalties early on uh, put us out in front. And in games, semi-finals like this one, to be in front is a big thing. Because obviously, the, if you, it's better to be in front than chase in this situation. Because obviously, if you're chasing, you're pushing the pass a little bit. You're getting slightly nervous. And I thought that's what happened to Wigan. They, they weren't able to deal with the pressure of being behind. If obviously we're going to took the lead, it would have been a different story for me. But... We got there first. Even if it was a penalty kick, the psychological part of that was, if it ends now, we're there. And I think that got to Wigan as the game went on. I thought we rattled Wigan. I thought they got rattled early on. Um, they kicked out on the full twice, didn't they? We kicked two penalty goals, as you said there. And uh, they did. They, I thought they panicked. They passed into touch a couple of times as well. There were little things that they, they did wrong all night. They were knocking on, making mistakes, high tackles and... Like I said, when I watched the Super League show the other day, they were saying, this is so unlike Wigan. But it was Salford. It was the pressure that Salford were putting on them. You know, we was relentless, really. We hit them with like a whirlwind, really, with those points. We came out and we absolutely stormed at them. And I don't think they was expecting that. And they never recovered from it. You know, at half-time at 12 and I thought we was comfortable. And then, um, you know, Joey Lussett goes out, crashes over for that try. And 18-0 there. I mean, it's game over. I mean, I never wanted to say it was game over. I spoke to my dad when the game was on and we was cautious thinking, well, you know, teams have come back as before and you think about that St. Helens game a few years ago and we were 24-8 up with 10 minutes to go or something. Because you always do, don't you? But in that game, I never really felt in danger from, from minute one. You, you could tell, you could sense something special was happening. I think, looking back, the, say the Dudson try there, was it, I think it was Tyrone, is it Tyrone McCarthy? Or, Joe, or is it uh, Lola here? Gave him, gave him the ball to score. And, you know, at that point, I think it just, it was a big intake of breath. Everyone was like, we're there. You know, we, 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 to score at that right, the right moment diffused all the kind of pressure on us. And it cranked it up on Wigan because Wigan were thinking, well, we're 8 0, 10 0 down, approaching half time. We need to find something here. They did have a, have a, have a moment. I think it was it Gildart made a break and they, and they, and they pulled it back for crossing. Yeah. yeah. At first glance for that, I, I didn't see it. I was like, this is... The, when when you look in, you look in. And it was... For me, it was borderline. But it shows, like I said, if you look in, you look in. And, and in moments like that, switch, switch mentality, I think, for Wigan. Because they were thinking, if we're not getting decisions and we're 8-0 down, how do, we, how do we get back in this? Well, yeah, the Dudson try was quite early. It was 15 minutes. So it was 10-0 then after yeah. 15 minutes. So that was a, gr- a great start to the game. And then... We managed the game really well after that then for the sort of the next 15 minutes or so and didn't really allow Wigan anything. And as you said, the obstruction, I watched it back. He did cross behind his man, maybe a bit harsh, but over the years, Wigan have had an awful lot of decisions in big games, haven't they? That's why they've won so many trophies and had quite a few against us as well over the years. So 
you know, we took that penalty. You've got to take your chances, haven't you? You don't. Nobody complains about about referees when you when you get things. So we had to get on with that. And Chris and Inu, let's let's give him a, a lot of plaudits as well. He kicked some difficult goals on on Friday night. One of us was right near the halfway line as well. He absolutely nailed him. You know, nerves of steel. And twelve in the half time, we got roared off, and it was a subdued atmosphere really. I mean, the Salford end was absolutely packed. The Wigan ends were were quite scarce really. There wasn't many people sort of there. Their atmosphere, you could sense they. I don't know. They just didn't seem up for that game for me, and. It was all on for us twelve and a half time. I think at that that point, suddenly Wigan were getting at hope. The, the, their belief had gone. They were hoping that that something had happened. Um, obviously, that Joey Lucic try just after just after half time uh, was a, was another uh, a, sort of a sucker punch for them because they were looking at trying to find some, sort of make something happen. Lots of long sort of wide balls. The balls would bounce off the floor, and you know when when you do things like that, you think to yourself, "You're looking now. You you're trying to figure out how your luck is, aren't you?" And Salford's defensive line were were, ph- were phenomenal uh, throughout. No one came flying out the line trying to sort of solve problems. You know, they defended as a unit, and it was you know after the after the Lucic try, we grew and, and Wigan shrunk for me. Obviously, Wigan did sort of try a few things after that. Um, I think it was Williams made a break. Uh, I think it was Adam Walker made an out. out it was an unbelievable tackle, uh, full stretch. I called it as lo, as Lola here at the time because I thought it was, it was an unbelievably athletic sort of dive to grab him. Um, so that you know moments like that where. You look back and you think these players are eight out of ten players, and they are eight out of ten players for a reason because they come up with big mo- big plays in big moments. A lesser player would have missed that tackle. William goes eighty yards and it swings the game totally the other way. Adam Walker puts his body on the line, puts a, a superhuman effort to to, to grab him, uh, and I think for the next play we're going to throw the ball dead. So it, it's moments like turn games, and you know you, you got to applaud the players that for, for putting a putting in a fantastic effort on Friday. Well, the players have got each other's backs, haven't they? And they have done all season. Every player on that team knows their job, knows their job, knows their role, knows their responsibility, and what they've got to do. There's nobody on there sort of waiting for somebody else to do it. Wigan can be accused of that on on Friday night. I thought they were. They were waiting for like a miracle play, wasn't they? You know, like Sean O'Loughlin's been a great player in his career, but he looked a tired player to me on, on Friday night. He looked like sort of yesterday's man. And, you know, whereas we've got these hungry players who, who, who want to be, be today's man, don't they? And, and that's why when you've got that attitude and that sort of, you know, willing, willingness to do whatever you can for your teammate, you, you're going to be dangerous. And, you know, when... Um, Dudson flicked that lovely pass back for, for Lee Mossop. What a pass that was. And Mossop crashes over. And it was a nice moment for Lee Mossop. You know, he copped a bit of flack in the week. You know, Phil Clark had, had said this thing and he'd said something back, hadn't he? And I think the Salford players were a bit hurt by by some of the stuff that got said. So uh, they wanted to prove a point on, on, on Friday night. And I think they did that. I think they did a, a tremendous job. And then once Mossop goes over there, it's party time. And it's 24 points to nil. I think it was, was it 24 points to nil and when, when Mossop went over. 26 when he knew kicked the goal. And Wigan were dead and buried then. Yeah. On a, per, on a personal note, I've always, when I've always commented, I always wondered what I would react to a, to a, to a Salford securing a place in a, in a, in a sort of a grand final, and I, I kind of melted. I really did. And but it, it's, it's, it's what it is. It's as a supporter for for so long, you dream about moments like you day, you daydreaming about well, what happens if you know? I can imagine scoring like that. And we've been to semi-finals before, not with Salford, but with other teams. And you've seen, you know, the teams fans kind of react to, you know. A glorious moment that sends them to Wembley or sends them to Old Trafford, and and it was our turn, and I, and you know the noise coming out of that end was unreal, Paul. I had to keep I had to keep stopping. I thought it's just it's, it's, it must be more than four thousand in that end. There's got to be. We, 
think there wasn't. I mean, I don't. I'd like to know how many of that stand holds because there wasn't many empty spaces in it. To be honest, I mean, I was right on the right hand side because my dad was on, a, on an aisle seat because of his knee. But when Mossop went over, he had his crutches. He jumped out of his seat. And for, for like a split sort of 30 seconds, the pain just seemed to go. And then after that, he sort of sat there like, bleeding hell, my bloody leg. So he must have been in an awful lot of pain, but it was great. I mean, I had my scarf around, swinging my scarf around, I was going mad and hugging the people next to me. Those are the kind of things that, that, that you remember. I mean, I can remember bits of things like that through my, my time watching Salford. And they're the moments that you cherish, I think. And when you go to the, the dark days and you, you get stuffed at, at places, you know, the 90-odd points at Bradford. I remember sitting down on the steps at Bradford that day and thinking, things can only get better I've I've coped this and I've got through this and, and there will be a better turn and it was funny with 10 minutes to go that sort of vision of that day came into my head and I thought wow this is what it's all about now this is what the you know these Wigan Saints lead supporters and what have you they, they get sort of this every couple of years and I'm going to make the most of this now when I soaked that last 10 minutes up I, I absolutely loved that last 10 minutes of the game and I just took it all in and that's what I'm going to do this this Saturday in the grand final yeah I think everyone was the same, Paul. It was like you say, we've been there, haven't we? The, the, the sort of the the dark days, and you know, it was our, it was the sun finally rose on on it did the sun the sun shone the shone on us at Salford, and you know, it was it's such a beautiful moment, and you know, so many fans there who have been you know, through the thick and thin enjoyed it, and and even the new fans like sort of Kirsty and her kids who were uh, sort of new to Salford, it's like you know. It, I come out of the ground, I saw them, and you could see it in their eyes. They were like, wow, this is unreal. And it's and it shows that, you know, success and, you know, getting to the latter stages of, of playoffs and getting to grand finals, it switches everyone on. I mean, the, the present fans who were, you know, going through the, sort of the years of, of hurt, but then, you know, you get that moment like today. Uh, sorry, today, like, never, I'm, I'm, I'm having a flashback. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, a, it's, it's a beautiful moment. And, you know, obviously the journey doesn't end at Old Trafford. It carries on. And and then that's the, I think that's the most important thing because it was this sort of outpouring of emotion from everybody, including myself, because obviously, I, you know, the, I did a the commentary, put a lot of thing on my Facebook, big spiel on that as well. But pe- people were, were gushing out and it's, and I suppose it is a relief to get to a, a sort of a semi-final, uh, sorry, a grand final. But it's not, we have to go and win it from here, don't we? Because obviously if, if we don't win it, then it's it becomes a sort of a, I won't say a bad memory, but it, it's thinking, well, we got what an outstanding semi-final. You know, we lived the dream, but then we got beaten in the, in the final. So if you get to the final, you've got to go and win it. That's the that's the bottom line. And I think this play, these players have the belief. The people behind the scenes have that belief as well. So I think, like you said, if you go into the game against Settlers on, on Saturday, there's no fear, and they're right there, bang on it. So for you know, players and, and officials, they they want they want to win this. Yeah, but on the other side of the coin, Rob Saitland's a good side, and you can't underestimate them. You you know, it's not our divine right to win this just because we've had this fantastic story. We don't, you know, there's no sort of God who'll go, yeah, I'll go and let Salford win. Saitland's are stood in our way, aren't they? So we've got to go and do the business. And you know, if the worst comes to the worst, and we don't win. You know, the sun will still come up on Saturday morning, and you'll still be a Salford supporter, won't you? So no, that's 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 my mentality. That's the way I look at it. And uh, you know, whatever happens happens I can't control it I'll just go there and do my bit and, 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 and cheer the lads on and you know it's, it's it's a funny week it really is I can't concentrate at work I'm, my head's all over the place the first thing I wake you know when I wake up in the morning it's the first thing I think of and some mornings I'm, I'm a bit of a dope in the morning I wake up pretty early because my wife gets up dead early and the first thing I, I've said a couple of times really, are we in the grand final and it's just it's just like you know you just remember thinking, oh you get a bit giddy when you go nip to the loo in the morning I always go for a big 
burst in the morning when I wake up. Yeah, so because uh, I've held it in all night, and um, that's the first thing I think. Oh, winning grand final that one, and it's just a, a mad thing. It really is a crazy thing. It's the, the last thing I think of when I go to bed at night as well. And um, you know, it's brilliant. It really is. It's captured the imaginations. And I was just thinking the other day about you know the crowds going up and things like that. And this this is what it what it takes. I mean, you're not going to get people hooked on Salford when you're getting beat every week and you're down near the bottom. This is what it needs, something like this, to, to drive it. I mean, how, are you, how are you supposed to get people up when you're fighting relegation every season? You've got to do this, haven't you? You've got to go and, and, and win something. I think this is what's going to take the, the, the club onto the next level. And as we said before, the, the, the social media and the Paul King said it on the radio tonight, the, the media coverage, it's been amazing. You know, the first thing I did on uh, Saturday morning, I, I was doing a bit of gym Saturday morning, a bit of training, and uh, I went to um, the paper shop near my mum's house. I bought the on streaming yeah. news I bought the Daily Star I bought the Daily Mirror I bought the Sun I bought all the papers and I went home the bloody Daily Star I didn't have anything because I think it must have missed the, the deadline so there's just something about Toronto but the evening news Tom Bramwell absolutely fantastic double page spread we made the back page so I kept all these newspapers Ellen said to me the night she went what are you doing with those papers I went keeping them she went what more Salford stuff? I went, yeah, making some more scrapbooks. You've no way you're throwing them out. I've got my League Express here in the studio site, my League Weekly, keeping them all because these are memories I want to save forever. It, it, it is, you're right, Paul, you're right. But is there something, is there something wrong with me that I don't, I'm not like thinking about it 24 hours a day? I just feel a bit, small, a bit stunned about everything, really. That's the way I feel. Obviously, excitement will build as, as the week goes on. Uh, I, I hope so anyway because I hope if I turn up on Saturday feeling like this there might be something wrong with me but, I, but I, 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 there's it's like it's calm I feel quite calm about everything is that, is that because I'm thinking you know we can go we'll go win this there's no anxiety I'm not thinking oh, you know, what's going to happen are we going to win this have we got the players good enough you know have we got players who are going to rise in the big occasion or are they going to fall I, I, just, I just feel like we'll go to Old Trafford we'll put on a big big, big performance and and, and win, and we'll and we'll all enjoy the ride along the way. Is that is that is that wrong, or is that? Or should I be bouncing off everywhere in the studio? That's the that's the question. I was thinking today about this, and the, the listeners might think I'm a wally, but I thought, um, am I ready for this? I don't know whether I'm ready for a grand final yet. I mean, when when Kenny read it, it's like like Paul said about this five year plan. You know, it doesn't. It seems like we skipped a few years and we've just gone bang. We're, we're having this right now, and we're going in there. And it's like, am I ready for this? I mean, if we win this grand final, then. I'm no longer chasing this this dream. Then we've actually achieved something and won something, and I've enjoyed the chase for the last thirty years. But no, I think you've got to take it now. Well, I mean, it's like the, the Challenge Cup final. We got the Challenge Cup final fifty years ago, and I remember um, someone saying to my dad, "Don't worry, there'll be loads more, um, you know, Challenge Cups than that," because he, he he couldn't get there. His brother won't take him for one reason or another, but. He sort of thought at the time, yeah, there'll be loads, won't there? Because we've got this team now, it's the 70s and that. But we never made it, did we? And then 50 years has gone by and we've still not got there. So, you know, you look at this now, we might, we might not win anything for another 50 years. So I think you've got to really, te- you've got to cherish it. You've got to enjoy it. And I know what you're going to say to me now. No, we're on this journey now. We're on this journey now. We're going to get there next season as well. I was going to say journey, but I won't this time because you've, you've called me out on it. So what, what I'm going to say to you is this Super League uh sort of race we'll call it right to get to the get to the grand final right we know how to get there now we know any any when you see an athletics race you run around the track the top athletes know when to go they'll get around that last bend with about maybe 150 meters to go and they find another gear and they and they find two or three gears and they just sort of glide past the other the other sort of athlete off experiences because we get in games 
like Hulk, Hulk KR and Wakefield, where we need to find another gear to, to win the game, to give us them two points, which gets us another place up the league, which gets us into the playoffs, which then gives us a bit of momentum. People start to, to watch because we're in the playoffs, we're competing every week. Players players get used to playing in that in that zone and with that extra gear. And that's what this playoff run is all about. It's finding that the players can can play in, in that that next gear and the next gear after that and the top gear because that's what that's what they've done because obviously like I said before I doubted I didn't know whether they had the gears to do it but now obviously I was pretty wrong when I yeah certainly certainly we, we have we've had that momentum all uh, all season haven't we now but particularly for the last couple of months I think it's been it's been one, one hell of a ride isn't it? the momentum that we've built and you know, we've only lost that that one game against Wigan in the playoffs. I mean, just I just go back to the defense. The defense in this this sort of playoff bubble, as you as you were in the last few weeks, it's been amazing. Well, three tries at Wigan, no tries against Castleford, and then one try against Wigan. There was a stage there where we got about over two hours without conceding a try because I think Wigan scored in the seventy second minute or something like that. So you've gone full, a full eighty minutes against Cass, we're a decent side, and then you've got to Wigan and kept them out for seventy two minutes on their own ground. So. Defence is the key now as well. You know, we we played some attacking, good attacking rugby, haven't we, all season? Scored 700 odd points, second behind Saints. But we've been built on defence, hasn't it? An attitude and desire and goal line defence. I've never seen a, a Salford side goal line defender as good as this. We've been accused over there, you know, soft tries, or we've conceded soft tries from kicks and things like that. It's been amazing this season. If you just carry that on for another 80 minutes, we're there. I think it comes down to the players sort of trusting each other to make that tackle. They, they, they either make big tackles or they make tackles that need to be made. And that, and that's the that's the difference, I think, that, you know, previous Salford sides, you think, should have got him. Why he should have tackled him there. When this one, somebody tackles him. Somebody grows an extra lat, extra limb and, and gets to him. I remember, I think it was with Mark Flanagan um, against Wigan under the post. He kind of caught, I think it was club. He looked like club was going to crash over. And he kind of caught him and kind of rolled him over. It was it was a big it was a big tackle. Uh, that was just one particular moment. We've talked about the Adam Walker tackle, but we could sit here all night, Paul, and go through you know every set that Wigan made. But you know that every player put in a massive effort, and you, and you, and it's a it's a fantastic thing. The belief is there, and like you said, the belief that you know we can we can nil teams now. And good sides as well, and that, and that's that's great going forward because obviously grand finals, big teams, big players come to the come to fruition, don't they? And we've got some good players in that side who potentially could be the match winner on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, just going back to the nil, and I mean three with nil three sides this season. We London at home, the Catalans away, and um, and Casford. You know, it's been great. The defence has been good. I mean, you look at the defence against Warrington. As well, in the three matches we played against them, so so yeah, it's exciting stuff, Rob, and uh, um, we'll on Saturday. Um, yeah, I spoke to Joey Lusick, uh, Chris Wellen, and Gil Dudson um, after the game, Paul, uh, and this is what they had to say. So I'm joined by Joey Lusick, correct? Fantastic performance. Yeah, you know. Um, 
Wigan there at class side. They've been in many times, many years. Um, we knew we had to bring our A game. Um, I felt like, you know, that, that first 20 minutes, our middles, we really set the platform, um, which allowed us to play off the back of that. Um, it, was, it was almost a complete 80-minute performance. Still a few things to fix up in there, but, you know, we got the win, which was the main thing. Yeah, obviously, what kind of week was it before? Were, were the players kind of talking about this performance? Did it get in your head a bit? But obviously, it didn't look like it did because you played fantastic, didn't you? Oh, you know, it, it, end of the day, it is a game of football. Um, but in saying that, it was, it was a big game of football. Um, we just talked about, you know, we just need to play pretty much like we have all year, especially those last couple of months. But, you know, really execute um, and just live that intensity. And I thought tonight we did that. What about your try in front of the Salford fans? Unbelievable scenes behind the goal. How did it feel? Yeah, no, it was good. Um, like I've said all year, our Salford fans, you might not have the most, but bloody hell, they're loud and passionate. Um, and tonight the numbers were amazing. And the more we can get next week, the better. Yeah, obviously St. Ellen's at Old Trafford uh, next week. Obviously growing up as a rugby league player, you know, you probably dreamed about playing in grand finals and, and now you are going to... 100%, you know, that's why you play rugby league really, um, is, is to play representing football or, or to reach those grand finals and, you know, for, especially in Australian coming over here, you learn quickly what, what Old Trafford's all about. Um, a few boys in our team have been there before and, you know, we're there now so it's, it's just about soaking it up but, but also trying to get the job done against St Helens who have been the, the class class team all year. Um, we're definitely going to have to be more, even more than more than better tonight um, if we have a chance against them. Yeah, the fans are up for it, the players are up for it, you know, can you feel it as, as a, a team, are you being carried by that momentum? Yeah, definitely um, but like we said, there's still one more to go, we're definitely happy we're there but we, we don't want to leave anything in the tank next week we want to give the absolute, uh, absolute all next week Cheers, big thanks to talk to us and Devil in the detail So I'm joined by Gil Dudson Old Trafford bound, how do you feel? Um, I said to Moose in there, doesn't really, hasn't sunk in yet, doesn't really feel real. Um, I think it'll kick in a bit over the weekend and, you know, going into next week's training. But, um, yeah, unbelievable, mate. Yeah, obviously try scorer tonight as well and a big assist as well for the for the Lemos try. The fans behind the goal went out. Well, I had to look, major brain gasm over that. You know, what was it like on the field at that point? When Mossop scored, well, when yeah. you scored. Oh, oh yeah, when, when I scored, it was, you know, early on in the early on in the game to get back down to, you know, complete the next set. But when, when Moose went over, you know, the fans erupted and the noise was deafening. And I, it was, I think that was the one that kind of, we thought, right, we've got it now. Yeah, obviously... Like last week uh, at the awards uh, set, awards uh, evening, you were given two awards for your performance throughout the season. Must feel proud that your fellow players sort of nominated you for that award. Yeah, massively. Um, you know, I said at the at the dinner, you know, players, players, you know, to be recognised by your peers. It's, it, I, I got a bit. Um, I was a bit lost for words to be honest. You know, I, I didn't really expect it or see it coming. Um, you know, we have got a lot of good performances this year throughout the team, and you know, for boys to notice the, the bits that maybe the fans don't recognise or, or really see um, and you know get a bit of appreciation from the lads for that and you know it was it was really nice yeah the fans believe the players believe could this fairy tale end with a, a sofa win at Old Trafford of course it could <laughs> yeah you know it's anyone's game now it's it's one game left you know for all the for all the money kind of thing so you know it's it's one of them you know Saints are a really good side they were absolutely outstanding last week um, and they're going to be full of confidence we've done it the hard way we've played every week but we're full of confidence so you know it's, it's going to be a real real good game there's no fear going into, into that game there's no anxiety you know everyone's up for it I can see in your eyes you're ready yeah definitely <laughs> cheers big thank you talk to us in the devil of detail thanks mate cheers mate cheers. Right, two weeks after your last year, I think we're going Chris. You're not eating your pizza this time, but <laughs> how do you feel? How do you feel going to a grand final? You must be oh, absolutely over the moon. Unbelievable. You know, I've, I made my debut in 2006, so I've been playing like 14 years nearly now. 
I am coming close to a grand final, so we would have fought it a little salt would get there. Everyone wrote us off, again, they didn't give us a chance. But you know, us as a group of players and coaching staff believed in ourselves and you know, we've dug in week in, week out, and we're, we're getting the rewards. I think stuff was said in the media a couple of weeks ago about you, you know, being championship players and things like that. Does stuff like that spur you on even more, or do you not need that? Well, we didn't need that. You know, we, we've tucked it out all year. We've, we've won games when people didn't expect us to win, and we do grind out. But that that does hurt. That does hurt. Even stuff like that. It's, it's insulting. It's not in, just insulting to us. It's insulting to championship players as well. You know, disrespecting them. Uh, you know, it's an unnecessary comment uh, in everyone's opinion uh, in Salford. Uh, but you know, champions are in the grand final. What was it like coming out to that away following tonight? I mean, the atmosphere was absolutely electric. That must have given you guys a huge lift when you come out to do your warm up and then when you come out for the kickoff. Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. The fans, I've, I've been following it on Twitter. Um, I can't wait how many tickets I've sold. And, you know, I think last time I saw it, it was like 3,500 and something. But coming out to that, it was unbelievable. It was, it was, it was a home game. That's what it felt like. You know, it was unbelievable. The amount of fans and, you know, we, we that's probably the first time we've took more fans than any other team. Uh, even the home team didn't take, bring as many fans as that. Mate, their spare is on, and their good one is on inch by minute by minute, and you know it helped massively. The perfect game as well. Everything seemed to come off tonight, didn't it? You know, you came out like a whirlwind, took the penalty goals, took your try. <coughs> Defence was excellent. What's what's what all said to you after the game? <laughs> well, not much of a fair. Everyone just bouncing around. It's excited. Perfect. It's perfect. It was, you know. <coughs> We, we learned from last, like we played them a couple of weeks ago, and it was our own errors that, that cost us the game. You know, we had a, a stupid offload on our goal line, and, and me personally, I missed a one-on-one tackle with Gilda for the first try, and he scored. Just silly, silly tries like that. And you know, we, we knew we was in the game and could beat him. Uh, we went to Castle Kent Tower place last week, and we were great defensive show against them. And you know, it was the same again this week. We just play simple, just down the middle, down the middle. And take your opportunities when they come, and kick, chase, and defend well, and that's what we did. And you know, it can be boring, and, and it is simple rugby, but it, it gets you to grand finals and wins your games. Who cares? Excited for next Saturday, then, mate. Man, I can't believe it. Man. I said, I said earlier, I've been playing like 14 years, and I've never this been this is going to be the highlight of your career, isn't it? Well, mate, massively. Yeah, you played yeah. In Challenge Cup I played in Challenge Cup final in 2015 with OKR, uh, and that was that was special as well, and unbelievable. You know, the build up of the week. Leaving the stadium, travelling down, the full experience was unbelievable. But you know, I've heard, I've heard great things. A few of our players have been to grand finals before, uh, and they're big enough massively. So I can't you can wait. Walk for to it. Old Trafford from the AJ Bell Stadium. It's not far either, is <laughs> not, it? Not from all though. <laughs> well, congratulations tonight, Chris. Thanks for speaking to us. Have a great weekend. Cheers, mate. mate. Thank you. So that was Joey Lusick, Gil Dudson, and Chris Welland talking to me after the game, Paul. And uh, well, you spoke to Chris Welland, didn't you, after the game? And uh, all three very excited about what is to come. Chris Wellham was. He come. He burst through the door and he sort of like made a beeline for me. He charged straight over. He was laughing his head off, laughing and joking. And it, I've never seen him as happy as that. You know, he didn't eat his pizza this week either. He saved it till after the interview because he was sort of joking at the week before. So yeah, lovely guy. What an absolutely credit to the club is Chris Wellham. He's it's been a pleasure to speak to. You know, he's probably one of my favourite. I think he's one of the best players to interview me. He's um, you know, he talks really well. He's such a down-to-earth guy, and um, he's probably one. He probably thinks, "Why does he always pick me?" But he's always got a smile on his face, and he's dead, dead easy to chat to. And um, you know, I'm particularly pleased for him because he says in his interview that you know he's been playing since 2006. It's a long time, that 13-year career. And all right, he's played at Wembley in the Challenge Cup final. Okay, I got hammered 50 points to nil. Never really won a trophy in his career, and I think you know guys like him, they're the lifeblood of the game, aren't they? The players that sort of put everything in don't they how many games he played well over 300 matches now and you know he's been a real real good pro and I think for someone like him he's going to really love this game on, on Saturday night he's going to make his career like like, like Gil Dudson 
like Joey Lusick, you know, very good pros. You know, they've, they've gone through the, 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 the sort of the process of, of playing rugby. And at Salford at this moment, if we do, when, well, when we win the when, when we win the cup on on Saturday, they, they become immortalised. They become immortalised like David Watkins, uh, Kenny Gill, um, you know, Colin Dixon. You know, I mean, Paul Charlton. P- people who who you know are icons and legends in in the club, and you know, us fans look up, look at you know, even though we never never watched them, did we? We were too young, uh, but the stories that they you know, the people who did come out with and how how magical they were. This this is our this is our moment. This is this these players will be Dave Watkins and Colin Dixon for the next twenty years. Well it'd be nice to see you know in the Great Britain jersey as well. I mean a lot of those players in the seventies side, particularly seventy four, we had six players on the on the tour, didn't we? And you know, we was the mainstay of that Great Britain team. So that's that's the next step after that. And I think you've got players in there who are very unlucky not to be in that that squad. I mean, Gil Dudson for me, I mean, one of the top props in the, in the league. I'd have him in that that squad any day. But get what you're saying, yeah, that those players will do. I mean, we've won six championships in in you know in in our sort of lifetime as Salford Rugby League club. So not many teams have done that, you know. If you look back over the, the record, I mean, Settlers are one thirteen. They they they're a big big side. But you know, to go and win seven championships, that that puts you up with with there with some of the the big sides. You know, we've not won it for forty three years now. So yeah, these players are going to be be right up there. They're going to be remembered forever, aren't they? By by people from our generation and, and the generation behind us as well. So they've got it. They've, they've got it. Everything there for them. Everything's there for them now on, on Saturday, and they, they'll, they'll take it with both hands. They won't die wondering Salford on on Saturday night. Not a chance. That, that's what it's all about. You know, it's all about you know belief. We, we've said this before, haven't we? Time and time again, and you know we're, we're all behind it. We're all going the right direction. I bumped into a few fans, uh, you know, around around this week, and you can tell, you can look in their eyes, and you can see, and it and it's it's wonderful that we're, we're all on this journey uh, together. Um, yeah. So what we'll do, Paul? Now we'll have a look uh, through our three-word match reports, man of the matches. Obviously, uh, straight after the final whistle. So. These people did really well to to tweet. To be fair, do, they, do we need the bleeper? Or? Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, me, I swore. I, I must apologise. I did, on the full time video. I'm very sorry. I I said a, a, a bit of a swear word. Yeah, yeah. Have you not watched? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I called the supporters who were on the pitch. I just called them. I didn't mean to. I got. I got. I was so annoyed with those those idiots that ran on the pitch. I mean, they were fighting with stewards, and I thought that was really out of order. And I, I apologise for my bad language. I just it got the better of me. Must have get the old bleeper out for that, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> they were on the pitch in the first place. That was silly. It was silly. You're right. Um, so I didn't want to talk about that, but now you mentioned it, it's one of them. I, I I just think if if you with a band with with the situation we find. It's something or nothing. It's something or nothing. And obviously the situation we find ourselves in with our growing support, you will get an element of that. And I, and I, and I don't think, looking forward to Saturday, when you've got maybe 20,000 soul fans, it might end up with 20,000 soul fans, um, how we police that as a club. Because I don't think, because obviously these people are just random people. And we, and, you, and I'm hoping that the rugby, league, the rugby league world doesn't think, if, if anything does happen in town or whatever, they don't think, oh, Salford fans have ruined it. Because it's not it's not Salford fans, it's just people from Salford who have jumped on the bandwagon. Yeah, hopefully, you know, we will entice some people into our, uh, into our club, but not them people. 
I don't think you can ever blame the club, really. I don't think you could blame the club for Friday night. I mean, that's up to Wigan stewards and Wigan to sort out, isn't it? It's not, it's not our problem. And this the same at the weekend. I mean, you can't, you know, vouch for the actions of individuals, can you? you know, so if someone wants to do something, they'll do it, won't they? You can't stop them, can you? So you just got to behave yourself, haven't you? But no, I, I, I'm sorry for, for swearing. It was just... Just I just got lost in the moment. I nearly cried as well on that full time video. I was nearly crying, but you know emotions get the better you sometimes, don't they? Crack on with the three word match reports, Rob. I'm not going to apologise for my actions. I I sob like a baby. I'm not going to apologise. It's just the way it is. Um, three word match reports: Ricky P, uh, Dare to Dream, uh, Dudson, uh, David Wallin, uh, Super Superb, Superb, Super Best, uh, Gil Dudson, uh, Colin Wilson. We're there. Uh, all. 17 players. Chris and Janet Shenton, oh my God, team with their uh, man of the match. Uh, Chairman Bob, dazed and confused. That's a, probably sums a lot of us up on, on a Saturday morning. Dudson, uh, Richard Martin, somebody pinch me. Watto, um, I think he's probably right there. Watto tactically was spot on. Me with the penalty kicks, getting us in front, making Wigan chase. Um, yeah, good decision that. Uh, Richard Martin, someone who pinch me. Eni, fathead, uh, not sunk in. Uh, Dudson, that's probably about, that sums up a lot of us. Uh, Katie Reynolds, oh my God, the whole team, the fans, everybody. Uh, Colin Reynolds, believe, believe, believe. Uh, Dudson, uh, our friend Ryan Booth, dream come true. Uh, his man of the match with Gold Dudson. Dudson's, I think, cleaned up uh, today. Uh, Tracy, oh my Lord. Uh, Natalie Taylor, somebody pinch me. Lee Maddox, uh, works working at six, which means we probably have to get out of bed early. Maybe that was that was his worry. Perhaps he, he thought he was trying to remind himself to get out of bed. <laughs> that might that might have been it. Uh, your mate Roy Alba, uh, cast iron defence. Uh, Gil Dudson, uh, Patrick Conley. Did that happen? Like you said, you're waking up every morning wondering if it did happen. Uh, Dudson, um, Colin Waite, superb defence again. Oh, John Waite, sorry. Superb defence again. Lussick or Mossop or Dudson. Um, David Deakin, we batted Wigan. Dudson, uh, he obviously went for Dudson, but he, he thinks the other 17 were, 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 were brilliant as well. Alan Dawson, extraordinary, emotionally, ecstasy. Ian Watson, uh, Mrs. BFNA, am I dreaming? Mike Woodbridge, am I dreaming? Dudson. Adam Aubrey, Man of Steel, Hastings, uh, Chris Seedhouse, am I dreaming? A lot of people wondering if they were dreaming part. It wasn't a dream, was it? I think it was real. No, we're still here, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. It's still rolling on. That's good news. Um, Darren Matthews, there to dream. Dudson, uh, City Goal, 73, still dreaming. Malcolm Blees, unbelievable. Uh, Jane Livesey, can't believe it, whole team. Um, <laughs> uh, Cy, uh, game management Cy, perfect game management, which is what he said. Uh, Dudson, and uh, finally Harvey Reed, absolutely marvellous. And he, uh, he gave everyone at the club a man of the match. But yeah, super performance. Everybody was unbelievable on Friday night. And obviously the journey doesn't end at Wigan. It, it rolls on to Old Trafford and beyond, Paul. Yeah, it certainly does. I, I think, you know, Gil Dudson, like you said, he cleaned up there, didn't he, in those man of the matches? But I think you could have given it anybody. Gil Dudson, Lee Mossop, Inu, every single player. I mean, I, I couldn't pick anybody out from that. I've just said that the old 17 of them all did the job. They all did the job perfectly well. Ian Watson masterminded his tactics, totally outcoached Adrian Lamb, got everything spot on. Every little detail was spot on. And that's why we're playing in the grand final on Saturday night.
So it's fair to say this is going to be a monster podcast. That was an hour, and we've just talked about the Wigan game. Um, so let, you know, let's get a roll on. Paul's got to go to bed. Um, right, let's start with the uh, the big news coming out of Soul for the Devils this week. So, big news, Paul, we're at Old Trafford, in case you didn't know. Um, and it seems like the city of Salford and the Man- Manchester are alive with grand final posters, electronic posters around the city. You know, there's a there's a, the bu- a buzz in there that everybody is feeling and it's only going to get sort of bigger and better as the week goes on. Yeah, certainly I think so. Yeah, it's going to be a, a real buzz this week, as you said, like the newspapers, and it's all over. Every time you go on Facebook or Twitter, every time you open it up, it's Salford's there straight, straight. Well, mine normally is anyway, my timeline, because that's all I follow, but it's it's just everywhere at the moment. And, you know, it's great. It's great, and this is what's going to help grow the club. It's growing our name, isn't it, and uh, getting us out there, and people are getting excited, aren't they? And we've waited a long time for something like this, haven't we? And let's just ride it as, as long as we can. Like I said, it's an amazing moment. We we, we kind of dreamt, we, we couldn't even dream, could we really, what, of what's going on, Paul. And it's, you know, as, as a fan, when you see your, your players on advertising boards on the Mancunian Way, London Road, Princess Road, you know, major sort of roads that go into the city, you know, people are driving past that sort of every day and, and they're seeing, you know, what what's happening. And you never know, a few people driving past that might think, oh, I'll get into that. And and it's, it's a way of... of Building your brand and and letting sort of people know that we're there. Yeah, people will always want to be associated with that something that's winning, won't they? And I've heard people say to me, "We're well, quite fancy going to that grand final." And people have never been to a Salford game in their life, and you know, let them let them come and let them get hooked on it, and they might come back and and enjoy it. So, uh, no, it's been great. I mean, the, the media coverage that we've got there, particularly these these road signs and that what I've seen a bit of today, that's priceless. How much would you have to pay for advertising like that? And you've got it for, for, for nothing because it's you know it's the, the Super League and things like that. So this is a massive shot in the arm for the club. I mean, if you'd have asked me in May when we got beat to Walker at Anfield, oh, don't worry, you'll be walking out in the grand final in, uh, in October. Cheer at your miserable bugger. I'd have been like, uh, I don't think so. I can't see that. But it, it's been an incredible journey. And I think that's what the, the great story behind it is. I mean, I know a few years ago, Cass got to the final, didn't they? And playing some great rugby league and that. But I think our story is better. I think from where we've come from, and like you said to Paul King, I mean the staff—we've got a skeleton staff. We've hardly got any money, you know. We're not a massive club. We've got the smallest budget in the in the league, but yet we're there in the grand final, and we we stuff in these big teams. And you know, how does that work? How does that work? It's—I it, it, don't know. Like you said, you know, there isn't many people, but they they care, and and they, and they, and they'll go that extra extra yard for you, and and it's and that's what this club is built on. And that's the way we're mo- that's the way we're going. And you know, you can have forty people working, uh, sort of in the backroom staff. We went to uh, Warrington um, when we beat them, when Lannan went went the forty yards and scored. And I thought to myself, I know obviously Warrington's won the Challenge Cup, but for me, they're on they're on the slide. Going to call it now, but I think they've had their glory moment because there was too many people who were who were there who you could tell were just there just because they wanted to sort of like, you know, just picking up a wage, you know what I mean? They weren't really interested. Our our backroom staff, you know, the people in the office and, and the people that make the make the engine tick, we'll say, are unbelievable. They, they run through walls on a regular basis, let's let's be honest. And, you know, I was, you know, like I said before, when, you know, Kari and Emma and Joe, you know, they came in, you could see the tears in their eyes and, that, and that's and that's what it means to them. And, and, and it's, uh, you know, it was it was a wonderful thing to see. Uh, but everybody behind the scenes, 
are doing an unbelievable, unbelievable job. And this is what the reward is. You know, you, you get to your grand final, you know, you get a big influx of money and then obviously they invest in that uh, and the club grows with the quality of people in it. I think what it does show you as well is that you don't need to throw millions and millions of pounds at things, do you? And chuck, chuck money about like, you know, it's going out of fashion because that doesn't work. It didn't work when we tried to do it you know, under the previous regime. And it just shows you that if you've got determination and, and the right personnel with the right attitudes, you know, players that, that want to win, that want to work. I mean, we've been talking about football tonight, haven't we, on, on the sports zone? And I'm not a big, big expert on football and I wouldn't ad- admit to being so, but... We we talk about Manchester United and, and the trouble they're having at the moment. If you look at their squad and the amount of money they're playing out, but yet they they're not doing very well. So it just shows you you can have all these multi million pounds sort of Paul Pogba's, but if you've not if you're not switched on and you don't want to do it and you're not happy and you, you your head's all over the place, then it doesn't work. It's got to work. It's got to be a marriage, as I said before. I keep saying that that word. It, it, it's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to. Be, you've got to have that sort of dovetail, that chemistry. And if you don't, you might as well go home. Because you're not gonna you're not gonna do anything. My dad's always said it to me. Sport is sort of ninety percent, eighty percent in the head. You know, you can be all the physique you want, but if you've not got that that desire, that sort of hunger, and I think some people have a cut off switch as well, don't they? And if you've not got that cut off switch, if you've got that fearless streak inside you, the way you're not scared of doing this, or oh, hang on, I won't go into that tackle because I might hurt myself. If you've not got that and you're willing to do it, you can, it's frightening where you can go. It's like I said before, belief and fear, being fearless. That's that's the thing, and you know that's what happened with Wigan on 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 sort of Friday. Their fear grew as the game gone on, while ours didn't even get off. You know, uh, off off first base really. Um, other news. Paul's Paul frantically points to the news. What, what news was that? <laughs> well, it wasn't. We talk about signs, weren't we? Uh, next bit of news. Um, Magic weekend back at Newcastle. Uh, Anfield has been binned. Um, I quite like Newcastle. I think it's a very good city. Uh, massive stadium. Um, stadium is quite near the centre. Um, it'll be a kind of a little league. I thought Anfield was quite good. I enjoyed going there. I've never been to Anfield Stadium before, but Newcastle's good. I've enjoyed the, all, all my visits there. I think we've done three or four times there, haven't we? And I've enjoyed all those. I've got family up there I can stay with as well. So, uh, so yeah, it doesn't make any difference to me where Sol would play. He play at Edinburgh, he play on the bloody moon. I'm not bothered. But uh, no, Newcastle's good. It's a good, good city. Good, good day out, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. As I said, I've had me in a bit of a bubble last few days. That's the first that I've heard of it today. The, the Newcastle being back there, and when I when I heard that, I thought, oh, it's always been there, hasn't it? But no, we played at Anfield this season, didn't we? So uh, no, I enjoy I enjoy all those magic weekends. Didn't they? Great. It kind of, it's all about expanding the game, I think, as well. Because um, obviously. Liverpool's in Merseyside. Merseyside, or I have Sales and Widnes and Warrington. Why would you? Know, I think things like this should be in places where obviously you do have Gateshead Thunder. I get that, but to to play on Newcastle, well, sorry, Newcastle Thunder now, um, it, it gives them opportunity to, to to spread the game, and you know people might come watch the Magic Weekend and then realise that there's a there's a team already in Newcastle and and follow the follow them, and, that, and that's I think that's what Super League. Uh, Magic Weekend is all about. I think it's all about kind of growing the game in places where you know they've got a little club, uh, and hopefully the the people who go who are neutrals will enjoy the game, enjoy the sport, and invest in the in the future of the local team. 
Well, yeah, that's what it is all about. I don't really want to go off on a tangent here, but Newcastle and Gates said is is a, is a good point, really. I mean, if you go back to 98, 99, around that time, we had a team in Gateshead in the Super League and they were doing really, really well. They were getting big crowds at the International Stadium and I thought that was very harsh what they did to Gateshead. They sort of merged them with Hull. Hull kept the name Hull, but took all Gateshead's players. And I, I don't think the, the Rugby League should have ever been forgiven for that, but that's that's another story. But I think Rugby League missed a trick there in, in Newcastle and the Gateshead area because they were doing really well getting good attendances, as I said, and, and that could have really grown, but um, Rugby Union sort of took it over there, didn't they, with the, with the Falcons or whatever they're called. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's a place... Newcastle seems to be like a place out on a limb, really, doesn't it? There's not a lot of places right now. You've got Sunderland up that coast there, haven't you? But you think Rugby League would take off there and, and people would be interested in it. But no, I think it's better to spread it. Like you said, if you have it at Anfield, you've got local sides. I think Warrington's not far. Wigan's not far from Anfield, really. St. Helens, Widnes. So you, you're in sort of a... You're not a Rugby League area in Liverpool, but you, you're not far away from it, are you? So I'd be going to, to places where the game's not sort of spread as much and, and, and let those people know about it and let them know how, how enjoyable it is because people who, who go to the, the Magic Weekend, I mean, I've got a friend at work, um, Steve Ainscoe, who works with me at work at British Gas. His, his son, um, I can't, forgive me his, his name, he listens to the podcast now, his son, I can't remember his name, I'm apologies, but he got a ticket for the Magic Weekend. Never, I don't think he'd ever been to a rugby league game in his life before. He's a Bolton supporter and he's going, been to all the Salford games since. He listens to the podcast. You know, he's been absolutely hooked on rugby league just from, from going to that Magic Weekend. He's become a Salford supporter. And that, to me, that's that's how the Magic Weekend works. So it, it kind of proves that Magic... Got Michael, by the way. Michael. Michael. There you go. Good spot. Um, so it, it, it kind of proves that the Magic Weekend formula works. Because if, obviously, Michael comes comes down to Salford now, watches watches us play, yeah. which, which kind of, you know, which is a great thing. Um, next bit of news. Um, free taxis from town uh, put on by um, Fred Doan, which is, if you're in town, might be useful. If you're in town having a few beers, uh, don't forget to drink responsibly. Uh, next bit of news, um, Jackson Hastings, Man of Steel, uh, voted on Sunday night. Um, I was at the ice hockey on Sunday, so I didn't go. Uh, but there was lots of Reds there having a having a wonderful time. Yeah, yeah, I believe so, yeah. And he got the, was it the Entertainer of the Year as well, Jackson Hastings, and uh, I believe somebody put a bet on him as well. Is it Chris and Janet Shenton? I've heard about this in Gary Smeet. I was talking to um, Mr. Shenton at the um, at the Player of the Year Awards. He was talking to my dad, and he was saying about this this bet, and they were going to win so much money from, from this. And I believe William Hill aren't, aren't paying them out, so they've, they've got to get somebody involved. So anybody from William Hill is listening. Just pay them out because that that was a fantastic bet and they've won it. So you know, pay them out because uh, you know, good guys, aren't they? So I was disappointed when I saw that on Twitter because I was really excited and I remember saying to him, "I'm pretty sure Jackson Hastings has got this this man of steel." And delighted when he got it. And I was listening in on uh, on Sunday night, waiting for it to come through on Twitter. My wife does Twitter and she was saying it's going to come through soon. I'm sure there's some of the other awards would come through. And I was dead nervous waiting for it because there was a bit of doubt there, wasn't there? Was a couple of other people that could have got it, but I think Jackson fully deserves it. You know, from from what he's done for Salford this season, I think I, to me the man of steel should always be the player that's sort of influenced. Aside, not the best player in the league or whatever, but the player that's had the most influence on, a, on an individual side and done the most to help that side, and I think he has with us. I think Jackson Hastings is our Eric Cantona. With Eric Cantona was for Manchester United that turned him in from nearly men to the man, and him being there, kind of obviously we were Man United before that, but he gave him that the kids coming through that belief, which then 
sort of transformed them into a European Cup winning team in the end, then I'm thinking that obviously Jackson Hastings is on his way. And we understand that. But Jackson Hastings is only one he's only one cog in a big in a in a, in a big wheel, isn't it? And these players have, have that self belief that with or without Jackson Hastings this team moves forward. He is a he's a fantastic player probably the best soft player I, I've seen in, in, in my lifetime. Just it's not it's not the flashy stuff he does for me. It's the getting out from behind his own sort of try line or making that tackle or making that kick or you know the little things that you think we we people haven't been able to do that before and you think, how did he get out of there? And then we go off the back of that, we may get a penalty on the next set or whatever and then we clear our lines and everyone forgets about that moment that Jackson Hastings did. Um, but that's that's why I feel he's, he's he's probably the sort of one of the best soul players. Not for his flashy stuff. His flashy stuff was fantastic as well because uh, he has that in his locker. But it was just the the little moments where you think can can he get out of this? And he did, and that and that's why I think he's he deserves that that Man of Steel award because obviously he's been a fantastic player all season. He's been a fantastic player for us for the last whatever eighteen months, and it's taken us to the next level. And obviously he'll he'll depart, but we'll move on. About 12 months, isn't it, since Hastings come in? So 13 months, yeah, from last August, September when he came in, back in the last season. I think with Jackson Hastings as well, he's put like a swagger back into Salford. No, not a, maybe swagger's the wrong word, but we've been a very unfashionable club for a long time, haven't we? We've been butter people's jokes and people have sort of scoffed at us, haven't we? Oh, crappy Salford, they never win here, they never win there, they've not won at this ground for 40 years. Jackson Hastings hasn't, don't give a monkeys about that. Jackson Hastings has come here and going, I don't, I don't want to be part of that. I want to be part of a winning club. And he's lifted, he's changed, the, helped massively change the culture at Salford and, and made people believe, no, we're not, we're not rubbish anymore. We, I, he don't give a toss about Wigan's reputation. He, he wants Salford to be the best and I think you've got to thank him for that. He, he has given us, swag is the wrong word, but you know what I mean, don't you? He's, he's given us like a confidence and a, a sort of, you know, we're Salford, we'll do what we want, we're, we're, we're going to win this. And, you know, I think that that's rubbed off on the supporters, and now supporters are, are, are confident. We're not like the the sort of the, the forgotten little brother in the corner, are we anymore? We're what's the song? Um, I want to destroy Wigan and Leeds, and I think we are doing now. I mean, I remember when we first started singing that song all them years ago, the old Sex Pistols song, in it, and uh, I thought, God, yeah, I'd love that one day to go to Wigan and, and nail them in the backyard and, and really give it them. And after all the punishment they give us over the years, and on Friday night we did it, and it felt bloody marvellous as well. You carry on all these. I have to get Ryan's bleeper out again. <laughs> carry on. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so yeah, well deserved. You know, congratulations for everyone on the on the podcast. We'll have to wait and see if you manage to scoop the, any awards on the uh, for the devil in the detail because I think it's a it's a very tight field, tight field for. So I have no idea. It's only me, no Jackson. Uh, so you don't know. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? Um, other bits of news, Paul, is other bits of news. Ian Watson not being picked as coach of the year. Now, it's a shock for many. And I think uh, Justin Holbrook got got a bit of abuse, didn't he? By the sound of it on Twitter. Not good. Let's try and be sportsmen about this, I suppose. Um, Ian Watson has done an amazing job. Um, but Holbrook has taken Saints to the top of the league. It's 16 points clear. It's voted for in was it may or june august so we were in any we were in a grand final at that point we were in the playoffs at that point so top 5 i think in august weren't we so obviously the people who voted for him wouldn't have had a clear 
idea about that. It's true. They would have had they would have seen Ian Watson have, has done this, you know, unbelievable job at Salford. But for me, obviously Ian Watson's job has been the last sort of three years, isn't it? Rather than the last twelve months. So if you're gonna go for a coach of the last three years, Ian Watson wins his hands down. I suppose Holbrook has to win it because he's won sixteen on the spin. But that's the way it is. Finished sixteen points clear, didn't he, in the in the in the, the, the season. I have no qualms with Justin Albert. I'd love Watto to win it, but the big prize for me is on Saturday. You know, Ian Watson probably doesn't give a monkey's about that. I mean it'd been nice adulation for him. I think it'd have been well deserved for him. But you can't argue with Holbrook. I think between the two of them, someone there's always got to be a winner, hasn't there, in these things. And I think sometimes you've got to you've got to hold your hands up and go, Yeah, he's done well. But it could have gone either way. It could have gone either way. What would have won it? I don't think the St. Helens supporters have had any qualms with it. I don't think they'd have, they'd have moaned. And the same way Albrook's got it, it's just one of those things. So I'm not losing any sleep about that. I'm disappointed because, you know, I like what oh, I think a lot of him and I wanted him to, to get the adulation he deserves. But uh, but no, he's still done an amazing job. And in our hearts, he's he's, he's been fantastic, hasn't he? And he's our, our coach of the year. But the abuse and things like that on Twitter and people moaning, it's just the way of the world, isn't it? But just move on from it, don't we? You do, you do, Paul. And obviously the, the conspiracy theorist in me, Kind of thinks that on Saturday now you've got player of the player of the year, the coach of the year, another level of of sort of news uh, marketing uh, drive which you which you can which you can you can follow, but yeah, Ian Watson's our coach of the year. So that that's 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 you know that's a fact really for us. For me, at the end of the season, when you're looking back around Christmas time and showing the highlights videos and things like that, or say in two years' time, if somebody said, who won the Super League in 2019? It was Salford. Everybody remember that, wouldn't they? Then if you said, well, who won the Coach of the Year? No one remembers that, Rob. People remember who wins the trophies, don't they, at the end of the day? They do, they do Paul. They do. <laughs> it's okay. So, uh, next bit of news, Paul. Uh, our ticket allocation for the grand final, Paul. An, un- an unbelievable wave of enthusiasm has, has developed around the Manchester and Salford area. I think we're up to, is it 12,500 tickets now? Um, people queuing up at five in the morning on the, on Sunday. Queues going all the way back to the Barley Farm. It's, it's, How did you get there before me? You were in front of me in the queue. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll tell you why. You me up. <laughs> I'll tell you why, Paul. <laughs> I'll tell you why, because the plan originally was my dad was going down Monday. There is that, but also he was going to go down Monday. So I said, right, we'll get, we'll organise it Sunday. What are you going to buy ticket wise? Go down Monday, buy the tickets. Okay, that's fine. So I was in bed. Son's got a son's got football at whatever ten o'clock uh, with with Pete Harding um, in um, in Salford in a park in Salford, Albert Albert Bridge Park. So I'm in bed, at whatever half eight nine o'clock. Phone goes. My dad on the other phone says, "Have you seen it?" I said, "What?" He says, "Stick Twitter on now." So I'll get my phone out, have a look. And you can sit in this and it shows I think it's Paul King's video of the of the queue. And it's snaking all the way from around the car park and into the horizon. And I was like, We go and we go now. <laughs> so basically I jumped out of bed, kicked my wife out of bed, dragged my son out of bed, said, Right, you go go to football, I'm go I'm gonna get these tickets. So we jumped in the car and basically eight mile an hour there, because I thought, because I'm obviously I'm thinking they might sell out, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, jumped out the car at the uh, the stadium, joined this massive queue. Eventually got there, but like you said, I did get there before you. You're right, but how was that? Why was that? You sleeping or just 
was we doing on Sunday? No, we didn't train Sunday. I trained Saturday and I was absolutely shattered. I think I brought a couple of ribs actually on Saturday. So, uh, so no, um, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. No, I was waiting for the. You know, I live with three women. Waiting for them to get bloody ready, weren't I? Yeah, I, I was up and dressed and ready to go. He's waiting for them. You know, they like kids and that. My two, they take bloody ages. So, uh, so no, he was down there. My dad was in the queue anyway with his crutches and that. So, uh, but he's, he's blowing an absolute gale. Or what? We stood there. It was really, really windy. We went for a coffee afterwards in the Trafford Centre, and uh, it was good. It was good. We had a good day on Sunday. And someone said to me, "Said, oh, how come you didn't just buy him online?" I thought there's something magical about going queuing up and seeing people in the queue and having a chat with people and you know, just reminiscing about stuff, and I've never queued up for tickets for Salford before, you know, I was roll up, don't you, on a Monday or whatever, and just buy them from the ticket office, so it was, yeah, it was quite magical, you know, to go and, to go and queue up and buy them, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed it, I enjoyed meeting supporters, and going for a brew afterwards, so it was a good day. Yeah, I, I did, I did speak to a couple of supporters in the queue, Paul, um, and this is what they have to say. So I'm down here at the uh, the AJ Bell Stadium for the t- in the queue for the tickets. I'm joined by Aaron Taylor, uh, a fan uh, for, of Salford. What an occasion this is going to be. Oh, it's going to be brilliant. I'm looking forward to this occasion. I've been looking forward for it for 30 years now. And let's hope with that we go on to win it. Yeah, obviously. Four and a half thousand uh, tickets sold, Soul Farm. His mum's here as well. You know, being a Soul fan, it's, it's an amazing feeling, this. And uh, it's only going to grow from here, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. Fantastic dream come true. Come on, you, Renz. We can do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. I'm, obviously, you know, it's, the whole of Soul seems to be wanting to get involved. And it's it's great the club will be able to, you know, use that enthusiasm uh, for, obviously, the grand final and beyond. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a good... Uh, like to get all these fans all together, you know, and, and raise the roof at Old Trafford. It'll be brilliant for all of us. It'll, I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's just brilliant. We lost for words. We are, we are, we are lost for words. Fantastic, and like I say, it's an amazing feeling that there's so many fans here today. <laughs> so supporters, are very, very happy, Paul. Um, you know, excited about what's to come. Um, but like you said, it is. It's that magical feeling of, of queuing up, and and you know, like. Everybody, my dad said to me while I was in the queue, he says it's like he reminds him of United in the seventies where they'd queue up, um, you know, to get see, you know, get the league match ticket book stamped and, and get the next ticket, and he felt like that to him. He thought it was like a flashback moment, and you know, it, it was a beautiful thing. Like you say, thousands of sofa fans, people buying sort of forty, forty at a go, you know, and for me, I think the important thing was because we were talking about tickets, suddenly just popped into my head again was if you've bought tickets for people who don't usually go. Right, it is your job and your responsibility to sort of entice them into coming next season. If you're going to buy 40 tickets for 40 people and 20 of them don't usually come, they're just coming off the back of it's your duty. Yes, Paul will say that it's your duty to go that next step. The same, I'm going, I'm going to try and do the same with Kirsty and her kids. I've got Alex, another, another person at work who's. Same as same as same as everyone else, or watch the match. Super excited about it. You know, we got tickets. I was like, "We're going to get some season tickets." So it, it actually turned out that she's going to get season tickets, which saved me a job. But it's it's kind of like if you have that responsibility, if you're going buying tickets for, for for people who don't go every week, then it's your job then to push them season ticket on them because that's that's that is how this club grows. We ask the club to say, "Send us some you know, advertising out." You know, put out leaflets everywhere, put out posters everywhere, spread yourself to the far the far reaches of our city, right? But it all comes down to you talking to your mate that you bought a ticket for that doesn't come every it comes every so often, but don't come every week, 
and say, you know what, we're in we're in a grand final. Hundred and twenty quid for a season ticket. Are you fixed or whatever it is? Two hundred quid for a season ticket. Are you fixed? And and you can pay by direct debit. It's not like you're having to you know find two hundred fifty quid in one go. It's manageable, and I think that's that's a I think that's going to be a massive thing moving forward because if we sell sort of sixteen thousand tickets and we don't get a, a large amount of people who we get enough about the back of that the bounce we'll call it. It, it seemed it would be a failure, but that wouldn't be the club's failure. That'd be our failure as fans for not yeah. reaching out for the people who are engaged now. Yeah, I think it w- how good would it be to get five thousand seasons to get over there? I don't, I don't know how many we had last season with two and a half, maybe two thousand, if that. I don't think it was, was it really? Because we our crowds last season, our lowest were about two thousand, weren't they? Something like that. So perhaps we have eighteen hundred, two thousand, call it. But five thousand, four thousand would be amazing. The only thing I thought was a bit funny on, on I'm just not a moan, but just a maybe perhaps a criticism was how come the se- the tickets for the grand final didn't go on sale for season ticket holders first? Because don't at football you get priority just for the first hour or so because perhaps you know. You should reward your season ticket holders, really. They put the money up up front first, haven't they? Because otherwise, what's the point of having a season ticket? It's not a moan, it's just perhaps... So, if that was like a City in the FA Cup final, season ticket holders would get, you know, first dibs, wouldn't they? You know, maybe until 12 o'clock and then put them on general sale. I get you. I get where you're coming from with that. But I, d- I just don't think that the club kind of were just blown away by... Because the, t- they turned up probably about whatever, for, thinking that it was going to be 8 o'clock start or whatever. Turned up about 7 I thought I'd have a brew before it started. And then you'd, you'd turn, you'd drive your car down to the car park and you think, you drive past all these people that are queuing up all the way back to Valley Farm. Suddenly you're switched on then, aren't you? Thinking, whoa, where have all these people come from? And, that, and, that, and I, I don't think the club would have expected that deep down. You know, well, that's that's what sort of grand final magic's all about, isn't it? People become engaged to, you know, and, and I say the club are going to try the best to, 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 Get as many people uh, snarling. We'll call it snarling. Snarling enough people to to keep coming back, and and you know, and they've got the you know the assets there to to, to make it happen. You know, wonderful uh, marketing team there that have got you know wonderful videos coming out. We've got Line Productions. You know, you've got people there who who are who are very talented who, who will be able to pr- produce you know wonderful things for all those fans to enjoy. And if if we can do our bit by sharing it out on your social media and sharing it out, you know, to all your friends and 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 it makes a, a big difference for me. Yeah, it certainly does. And as I said before, the, the social media aspect of the, of the club this season has been, been tremendous, hasn't it? And, uh, you know, we are one of the most talked about side. I think it's on the, the website, don't it? The most, rugby league's most talked about team. And I think we are at the moment, aren't we? I've just been overwhelmed by the amount of love we're getting from other supporters. And, you know, we go on some of the sites on, on Facebook and that, and everyone seems to want us to win, don't we? We've become everybody's second favourite club. And I think that's that's a good thing. You don't want to be hated, do you? And, People having a go at you all the time. I think that's a good thing now, and uh, you know people might buy into it and and start supporting us and, and coming to the the games next season. I think you'll see a boost in season ticket sales next year, Rob. I need to redo mine actually. I'm going to do that next week, so uh, when I get paid. So looking forward to it. But um, yeah, happy days. Happy days indeed, Paul. Um, final bit of news: Super League trophies being sort of sent round the city. Um, which is, I think, is a fantastic thing. Gone into a few schools, um, adds to that little bit of magic because obviously the kids in the schools get to get to see the trophy, uh, and then they might go home and tell the mum and dad that they want to go and watch the match and be in the local team. They get behind them, and it, it, it's a it's a moment where you think, yeah, it, they're doing it right. They, 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 they're building this grand final sort of experience 
to perfection at the moment. I mean, it is it is Tuesday, so you know a lot of things happen before Tuesday. But I'm thinking to myself, it's it's you know it's a wonderful thing they're doing really well, you know, and you know we can't wait for the next sort of few days to see what they come up with. It's not the most beautifulest looking trophy in the world, is it the Super League trophy? But it looks dead heavy. It always looks like it weighs an absolute ton, doesn't it? But I think, you know, going into schools, I think that's great. I always remember my dad telling me about the 69 Lancashire Cup final when Swinton won. They beat Lee, and he said Swinton players brought the, the Lancashire Cup into school. And he said, oh, I remember going off and hiding somewhere because I didn't want to see it because it was Swinton. But no, if you're a kid in Salford and you see that coming into your school, you must be. Um, you must be inspired by that now, and especially with everything that's going on, like you said before, with the road signs and all the stuff everywhere you look, social media, newspapers. You know, if you're a kid in Salford now at school, you must be you must be talking about it. Kids in playgrounds now must be talking about Salford Red Devils, mustn't they? It's, it's, it, I bet they are. Because obviously, the, 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 the buzz is there, Paul. Um, talking about uh, trophies, um, 2003 Grand Final against Lee, 5th of October. I think I met my wife on the 27th of September, and it was the week after... And I remember it being in the vault when we'd we had we'd won that. It was like a little shield. It was like a little uh, fruit bowl. It was like a fruit bowl, really. Um, and they obviously put that on the put on that on my head to take a picture and all that. And I thought Super League trophy's a bit heavy for all that. I think I don't think it probably crushed my head. I don't think we were doing that reenacting that picture on the on on the Saturday. I can remember that night. I remember going back there after the the grand final at Widnes in the club at Salford, and it was the the old rose bowl that was getting passed around, like um, just chucked around everywhere. And it's like that's a prestigious rugby league trophy, and it was just all over the bar, wasn't it? And people filling it with beer and things like that. That was a great night. That John Wilkie was there, and all the players, and that was a fantastic night. I remember speaking to Andy Coley and Mal Colker in the in the car park. They were getting changed in the boot. They'd just come back from the game, and they had, they must have had like a shirt and tie in the in the boot of the car. They were still in the car back getting changed, but no great days. And just talking about that, that um, two thousand three season, I know Neil Baines has um, auctioned off his um, his Arriva Trains Cup final medal. James Oskisson has got it. Um, I'm not sure who's bought it, but it's for the reserve team. You know, for the uh, for the reserve team in twenty twenty, he's, he's donated that and they are auctioning that off. So uh, I remember speaking to Paul Rowley. I think he's going to auction his off because he got a loser's medal that day because he played against us. So well done to to Neil Baines. I believe he was at the game on uh, on Friday night against Wigan. You know, James had his picture took with him at the the train station. He's a big unit as well, Neil Baines, isn't he? So uh, a top player for us as well. When he top prop forward, I remember that try he scored against us for Wigan when he came off the, the bench and powered over at the old North Stand. And, and I think we signed him after that, didn't we? We thought, wow, what a player he is. And, uh, you know, he was a larger-than-life character, Neil Baines. Well done to him for donating that medal. I remember that big, remember that big row when he'd take the first... When he'd take his first... He'd come, in after, come on after about 20 minutes, didn't he? And that first sort of take, he'd drive and he'd take, make about 15 metres, take about... Skittle about three defenders. Uh, he'd probably do it about twice more and then he'd be goosed then. <laughs> and then they'd be running that in then, trying to sort of turn him over in the tackle. Uh, but he was, he was, he was a character, wasn't he? And uh, you know, at the time, he was probably one of our most feared weapons. To be fair, uh, but yeah, he was, a, he was a good player. Oh, good memories, making me, making me well up again. Yeah, certainly our Baines will tear you apart again. Yeah, there were good times. Well, he's, he's like, I think it's like sixteen years ago now yes. that season. Yeah, it was a good season. That wasn't it? You know, a bit of glory for us, albeit in the the lower leagues. But uh, now we're punching above our weight, so to speak, aren't we? In the, in the big league now, in the in the grand final. So, you know, it really is special now. You're right, you're right, Paul. Um, so that's all the news coming out of uh, Sulphur Devils this week. Next up on The Devil in the Detail, we'll look at the amateur scene with Paul Whiteside.
Right, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report. It's probably the most excited I've been for a very long time, but I'll uh, try and talk you through it as best I can. In the National Conference Leagues, it was grand final action uh, the weekend just gone, Saturday the 5th of October. In the Premier Division grand final, West Hull were crowned champions. They beat Thato Heath Crusaders at the LD Nutrition Stadium in Featherstone by 18 points to 14. In the Division 1 promotion playoff final, Featherstone Lions went up. They beat Stanley by 23 points to 10 to join the Premier League next season. And in Division 3, the promotion playoff final between Hewith and Dewsbury Celtic ended 16-30 to Dewsbury Celtic. Oh, congratulations to Dewsbury. And at the weekend just gone, the North West Men's League there was plenty of action in that as well. On Tuesday the 1st of October, the result, it was a top four semi-final between Blackbrook and Holton Sims Cross. Blackbrook prevailed 30 points to 10. On Saturday the 5th of October, it was the Premier Division top four final. West Bank Bears beat Shevington Sharks 11-10 after extra time. In Division 1, the top four final, Blackbrook 34, Hindley 14. In Division 2, the top four final, Charlie Panthers down line with the Reds by 60 points to 2. All those games were played at Victoria Park in Warrington. On, on Sunday the 6th of October, Division 3 top four final, this is the fixture, the results are not in for this yet, it was Wigan Springview versus Thato Heath Crusaders B Division 4 top four finals, Blackpool Scorpions versus Caddy's Ed Rounds and Division 5 top four final, Clockface Miners 8 against Higginshaw well, the results from Student Rugby League, it was a mixed week for Salford. Huddersfield Giants 40, Salford Red Devils 24 in the Premier Division of College Rugby League. In Division 1 though, Salford Red Devils A beat Runshaw by 30 points to 14. The fixtures for this weekend coming, before I give you those, sorry, Wake, um, Wakefield beat Hopwood Hall by 34 points to 22 in the Premier Division as well. And the fixtures for this coming week, Wednesday the 9th of October, in the Premier League, Hopwood Hall are at home to Furness, Salford Red Devils are at home to Hull FC, and in the North West Division 1, Priestley, the Warrington Wolves, are at home to Salford Red Devils A. There were a couple of results in the North West Youth League as well. There's no fixtures this weekend because of the Super League Grand Final, but there was one Group 2 fixture. It was a Folly Lane win in Group 2 of the under-18s. They beat Charlie Panthers away from home by 20 points to 6. Well, moving on to Women's Rugby League, it was the semi-finals in the Super League. Casford Tigers beat Wigan Warriors by 34 points to 4. Not a very good weekend for Wigan Warriors, looking at that. And in the other semi-final, St. Helens were beaten by 14 points to 18 at home to Leeds Rhinos at the Totally Wicked Stadium on Sunday. So, the grand final will be at the Totally Wicked Stadium on Friday the 11th of October, 7.30 kick-off between Castleford Tigers and Leeds Rhinos. On Sunday the 6th of October in the Women's Championship playoff semi-finals, Warrington beat Huddersfield by 36 points to 4 and Barrow edged out Stanley by 14 points to 12. So the grand final for the Women's Championship will be played at the Etihad Campus, Manchester, on Saturday the 12th of October between Warrington and Barrow and that is a 12.30 kick-off. In the Women's League 1 on Sunday the 6th of October, the playoff semi-finals was Cutsack 26, West Leeds Eagles 24 and Keithley Albion beat Halifax by 44 points to 16. Their grand final will also be played at the Etihad Campus Manchester on Saturday with an 11.30 kickoff. So there's two matches there. Keithley Albion against Cutsack 11.30 followed by Warrington Wolves against Barrow at 1.30. So enjoy those games if you get to them. Well, finally this week in the professional game, it was the playoffs, of course. Salford with a fantastic win. Rob will tell you all about this in the podcast anyway, uh, against Wigan Warriors. But I just thought I'd just give it another mention, just because it was such a great result. 28 points to four at Wigan on Friday night. In the Betfred Championship playoff final, Toronto Wolfpack pr were promoted, beating Featherston 24 points to six. Featherston led 6-4 at half-time. They give it a real goal there in, uh, in Canada, but Toronto prevailed. They were promoted to Super League, 24 points to six winners. And big congratulations to Scott Naylor's Oldham. They beat Newcastle Thunder by 18 points 
points to 14 in the Betfred League 1 playoff final. So Oldham will be back in the Championship next season. There's just one fixture in the professional game this weekend, and we all know that one. Saturday the 12th of October, the Super League Grand Final, 6 o'clock kickoff. Salford Red Devils against St. Helens. I can't wait for it. Enjoy the week. Cherish the moments this week. Enjoy the Grand Final. God bless. I shall see you there. So, Paul, that was your amateur report. So, let's uh, start with a big one. Salford Red Devils will go to Old Trafford and they'll play St. Helens. So let's talk all about it here. It's time on the Devil of the Deep Sands. So, Salford Red Devils, the St. Helens Grand Final, Old Trafford. Super excited about it, Paul. The big one. The big one for us, the, the moment that the last weeks have been building up to. I'm beginning to feel a little bit nervous. Probably, I didn't feel really nervous until we started recording this podcast. It might be you. I've just had a vision in me, me head of, of, of the players coming out. And Paul said it before on the radio, Paul King, about you know, well up when they come out. And I'm just thinking back to years gone by. It's normally like um, someone from the armed forces who brings the trophy out. Don't they? There's loads of fireworks go off and then the teams will walk out together. And I think that's when it will hit you. That's when it will hit you because it's normally Wigan and Saints or Leeds or whoever. These big sides, isn't it? These big sort of rugby league sort of powerhouse clubs and... Salford are going to be walking out in in this final, and you know we we should be super proud, super proud of what we've achieved, and um, I think it will at home then when we walk out then in the final. But as you said before, not fearing St Helens, you know they're a good side, they're a quick side, they've got pace all over the field, they've got a massive pack of forwards, a very sort of mobile pack, you know Thompson, Amor, James Roby, who's played in I think seven grand finals, so he's got wealth of experience. You look at the the the, the pace out wide, Saints have got the likes of Tommy Makinson, he runs in like a forward, doesn't he? To fives he's been playing excellent for him. So they've got skillful players all over the park, haven't they? And, you know, and, and so have we. It promises to be a fantastic game. The two games we played against Saints this season, I mean, we gave a good account of ourselves at home. I think it was 26-4 we got beat. You know, it was, a, it was a good display from us, though. The game at their place, what a great game that was. I mean, unfortunately, at the end, a controversial try at the end that could have gone either way. But that was a great game. And if we get anything like that, the, the grand final is going to be a fantastic match. I'm still spitting chips about about that. Like, that. Never trying a million years. Uh, I think he grounds it, but there we go. We could, we could, we've already done an hour and a half. Paul. We could do another half an hour on that. But I just, I just think it's it's a magical. It's a mo. It's a moment in it that us sofa fans have, have all dreamed about. Feels like a fairy tale. It feels like it's a start of something, something big, and it's and it's a wonderful moment. We've all we're all going to f- enjoy it together. These players, you know. Have that chance to be to become immortalised in in the history of Salford Red Devils. You know, we didn't talk about the stats at the at the Wigan game, but the likes of George Griffin, forty six tackles. Um, you know what an effort that was. You know, and then you've got big meter makers. You know, Jones obviously he's off to Hull. You know, but one hundred and sixty meters he made. Can see one hundred and fifty five meters. These boys graft and they'll work hard for each other. And in big games. You need that, don't you? You need you to stick together uh, and go through your process. Don't sort of overcomplicate it. Don't start panicking. Trust the trust the process. And I think that's what they do. I think the players and Ian Watson, everybody believes that we've got the right formula. And the only way this ends is, is a World Trafford win. 
Well, we keep saying it. They just, just all do the jobs, don't they? They all do the jobs, and they do the jobs well, and they all know what job they've got to do. And they all have each other's backs, and, and that's the way to be. There's not somebody there waiting for somebody else to do it, you know, somebody who's sort of going through the motions and taking the plods. You've got to do the graft, haven't you, and do the hard work. And even though the players that are leaving, there's six or seven players leaving next season, and none of them have took the foot off the gas, have they, you know, throughout the back end of the season, which some players sometimes do, take their eye off the ball, don't they? And they're looking forward to going on their holidays. And when you think about it, it's been a long season. This season started on the 1st of February. We're now into October. It's like the season that never ends. It's uh, No, it's been been tremendous. And then you think about poor Ian Watson's wife. I mean, he's going to be going on tour to New Zealand soon, isn't he? With uh, with the, the Great Britain squad. So she's probably hardly, hardly going to see him now until Christmas. But no, it's it's been amazing. It's been an amazing journey. And you know, for it to end here at, at Old Trafford, it's, oh, it's just going to be an amazing day. Amazing day. But it doesn't end. The journey doesn't end. The yeah, the season ends, but the journey carries on. And and that's that's the important thing. I think I think the emotion of it all is going to be the important thing, because I think obviously grand final, us fans, I'd I'd like you know major melts all, all the way through the week. Um, but we have to be, we have to be ready, and the players will hopefully be ready and won't get drawn into that sort of big firework display and walking out with a load of soldiers and you know the sixty eight whatever seventy five thousand sort of fans, the floodlights, you know probably possibly a bit of sort of. Due on the on the on the on the the playing field, you know. It, hopefully, they'll be able to focus on on what they've done to get to where we are, because there's all that is circus in it. All that is like you know for the razzmatazz is for the, the people at home and the people sat in the stands. What 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 we're doing here? We're doing the same thing that they've done for eighty minutes every every week. They've just go and play rugby league. Go and enjoy. Go and enjoy your moment in the sun because obviously you're good enough to get to a you know you played well enough to get to a grand final now go out there and enjoy the moment because that's that's what that's what it's on you don't want people to freeze and you don't want people to start worrying about what must have a knock on here or what must have a drop the ball or what must have a don't score it's it's not about that it's about going out there and just enjoying the moment because you earned it you've earned that moment and you know i'm hoping that you know we we do i'm just hoping we do enjoy it you play the game, not the occasion, Rob. I think that's what what the, the analogy I'd use for it. It's just another game, really, isn't it? And I mean, I know people say, oh, it's not just another game, it's the grand final. It is. It's another 80 minutes. It's just another 80 minutes. And that's how I'm sort of going to try and approach it. I mean, I won't do on, on, on Saturday. It'll be, be totally different. But you you were right. It, it is a journey, and, and you, the journey carries on. I mean, the journey for me carries on until, until my last breath on earth as, as a Salford supporter. So it doesn't really make any odds to me what happens on Saturday. Obviously, I want them to win, but whatever happens, happens. And, you know, still wake up and, and love the club as, as much on on the on the Sunday morning, so uh, when I'm when I'm going to work, nice early on a Sunday morning, like a Wally, but uh, but no, it's uh, it's going to be great. And uh, who do you look out for in that Saints side then, Rob? I mean, I've named a few there for you. Are you sort of with me on that? Yeah, I think obviously the likes of you know Lomax, uh, Warmsley, big forward, um, Theo Farge, ex Salford player, sort of developed at, at St. Helens. Uh, Lomax, like you said, uh, Regan Grace. You know th- there is stars all over that all over that Saints side, Paul. But I look at our side and I think there's not there isn't much difference. Yeah, you've got, you've got the stars and you've got people who have international level, but it doesn't mean make the better, make them a better player in that pressure cooker atmosphere, does it? That that's that's what I think. I think these this player, the players we have, have shown that they can deal with that pressure. 
obviously grand final pressure is a different kettle of fish. It's another level. Will they go to that final level? That that's that is the the big question for me. There's nothing to say that they won't because they, they've proved me wrong by going two and three and four levels higher than I thought they would get. So I just I'm just looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the experience. I'm looking forward to the the players playing. Uh, and you know, it's a fairy tale. This this is how it ends. We be, we beat Sutherland's uh, against uh, we beat Sutherland's at Old Trafford on uh, Saturday. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great to do like a full-time match video together when we've we've won a grand final. It'd be great to speak to Wattle winning a grand final. I don't I don't really know what what I'd say to him, but yeah, I think we should do a video with him. I think we I think we should do a video with him if we win. I think we should. Yeah, I said to him on um, on Friday at the semi-final, I don't want a selfie with you now. It's only a semi, but if we win the grand final, I'm having a selfie with you. <laughs> but uh, but no, it'd be a dream come true to 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 speak to him after after we've won something like that and. You know, for Wattle, I think he's going to go down now as one of our best coaches we've ever had. You know, in the history of the club, what he's done, he, you know, whatever he achieves on Saturday, I think he's been absolutely outstanding. And, you know, let's just hope we can keep him now. Let's just hope Ian Blee stays there, Ian Watson stays there, Paul King stays there, because they're taking this club to to places I never thought we'd go. I'll be I admit, I never thought we'd get to a grand final in my lifetime. And, and now I'm starting to believe we can do anything. And next season, it's the Challenge Cup. I've put a tenner on us to win the Cup at 50-1. to 1, So uh, let's get to Wembley next season. But no, I cannot wait for, 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 for Saturday. I keep saying it, but I cannot wait. And cannot wait for us to test ourselves against St. Helens because we're, we're playing the best side this season. You know, the Super League's best team this season is playing against us in the grand final. So if we can beat them, we are the best side. And then we go to the World Club Challenge and face Sydney Roosters. And I think that would be amazing because 43 years ago when we did win the league in 1976, St. Helens beat us in the Premiership final, 15-2. And St. Helens played Sydney Roosters, Eastern Suburbs as they were then, in the World Club Challenge, but it should have been us. And Sydney City Roosters won last week the the NRL Grand Final. So now it's all set for us to win and we'll play them. Wait a minute. So obviously you're, you're the history guy, right? And I'm not. Bottom line. So, um, so seventy four, we won the league. Seventy three, three, and but it was like a premiership on top of that, which we lost. So, what? Seventy four, we won the league. When you say when we say won the league, you mean right. finished top. Right. They didn't have the premiership then. They brought the premiership in, I think, seventy five. So the seventy five six season when we fin- we won the championship, we finished top of the league. They then brought in the premiership, and the premiership went up until nineteen ninety seven. You know, it used to be Old Trafford yeah, yeah. then, didn't it? That was the Premiership, was a top eight playoff for the Premiership trophy, which is not the league, it's just the Premiership. So technically, we beat Settlers. This team is technically better than the, the 74 team. Because the 70, sorry, the 75 team, because when it comes to the playoff, they lost to Saints. Well, the 75 6 won, won the championship, finished top of the yeah. league, won the championship, and then went in this Premiership playoff, so the top eight. So we beat Hulkar and Wakefield, I think in the, the qualifying rounds and then we played St. Helens at Station Road Swinton in the final and Saints won that final it's a bit we played in the, the second division premiership final against Halifax yeah. didn't we at, um, at Old Trafford and Keithley in 96 so I can never understand why St. Helens went on to play the Australian champions when we were the champions I can't believe no one's mentioned this that we that we did we got beaten in the, in the final of the premiership I always thought that that we just won the won the championship and that was that thank oh. you very much see you next season the Premiership was at, was after that then, yeah, at, uh, at Station Road against uh, against St. Helens. So, so beating St. Helens at Old Trafford would be the next step, wouldn't it? 
really. Well, like, it's laying a ghost of, of then, yeah, really. 43. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, if you speak to, I mean, I spoke to Ray Ellaby and my dad about it. They were both there that day. And I think, you know, we were winning that game 1 0 and 2 0, I think. And it was 2 1 and 2 2. And then I think Saints scored three tries. Like, and it's in my preview this week. I've, I've wrote that as my match to remember. And I think it is laying a ghost to rest because 43 years later, Sydney Roosters have won that. We went out with Eastern Suburbs then. They've won it this season. So we get another crack at them because we, we unfairly didn't get it then 40, 43 years ago for, for one for one reason or other. I don't know why. But um, it could be there for us now. You know, it could be written in the stars. It's written in the stars. The more, more lucky, the more I think about it, it is. <laughs> you know, now you come out with that. It might it might well. Well, it is. I've not sent the preview yet. So it's in my preview so you can put it out. Yeah, I'll put it out with a podcast. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um... Weather? Do you know what the weather is? Have you looked? It's going to what? It's going to rain. It's going to rain. So are we talking like big, big coat, small coat? He's going to have a look at his weather. Michael Fish. Where's Michael Fish? And we need him. Where are you? Get home. It's ten o'clock. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Saying what? Don't forget we're in the grand final. Night. God bless you. Oh, bless. <laughs> you know my dad. You know my dad text me. Ring me. That's right. <laughs> that's text me every night since I left home. Oh, that's nice. What was that? God, years ago. Think of the think of the phone bill. <laughs> rain, fourteen degrees in rain, but that that could change, couldn't it? Because it said rain today. Yeah. But it just means it's going to rain at one point, and God, tomorrow looks bad, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. So rain drizzle. Rain drizzle. It always, it always seems to rain, doesn't it? Every year, you know, you watch it on the telly, it always rains. Yeah. Well, I don't mind fine rain. It's you know you want that you want that bit of sort of like you said. About, yeah. yeah. You need that bit of extra zip, don't you? You know what I mean. A fan to the rain, will no, they? Won't fans. <laughs> We've got them right. So, prediction time, Paul. Excited about this. Oh, what's that? Oh, is it a lamb going up outside? I thought it was McEwen. Then, <laughs> one of them. <laughs> so, give us your uh, score prediction. Score prediction for me. I, I've not thought about it, Rob. I'm going to go for a tight game. I don't think there'll be a lot of points in it, but I could be wrong. There could be loads of points in it. I'm just going to guess it. 18-14 to Salford. 18-14. I'm going to go Salford to win. I'm going to go St. Ellen's 12, Salford Red Devils 26. 26-12. And, uh, and a glorious night for all concerned. So fantastic podcast, Paul. We've, uh, we've, we've had a good chat about it and I feel really good ahead of the game on uh, Saturday. Had a super season. I've enjoyed every minute of it, doing the podcast with you and the reports and everything else. And looking forward to seeing you on Saturday, mate. And uh, yeah. Uh, cherish the week everybody who's listening and enjoy your day on Saturday stay safe yeah big thanks to this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast I'm Ron Parkson you find us on Facebook Devil in the Detail SRD you find us on Twitter at DITD SRD and you find us on SoundCloud iTunes and Radio Contact so thanks for listening and we'll see you next week
seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Live. Radio Contact.